Hey there, folks. Uh, just before we uh, start this week, um, I don't think we actually said that, um, despite what we said last week, we weren't able to do uh, Grindhouse Retro Review this week. Um, I'll be honest, I think my posties nicked the copy that Mark sent me. Um, like, I ordered, a, I ordered a couple of 4Ks, um, and... Uh, at around the time that Mark sent it to me, and they haven't come either. So, uh, yeah, not entirely sure what that's about. But um, yeah, we will. Um, we're not going to be able to um, do it next week either because it still hasn't turned up. Um, so we'll uh, we'll 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 get to that when we can. Um, also, actually, I just should say for patrons, uh, the next intermediate guide to bondage will be out in December, but haven't recorded yet. Um, I want to try and get. Uh, uh, Mike's actually uh, moving house, so it's quite a busy time for him. So, uh, trying to work out a time because I know he was keen to talk about one of Majesty's Secret Service, but yeah, um, we'll, we'll we'll see what happens there. But it, it, that that is coming this month. Um, also, um, I had meant to get the first um, the, the next um, Fincher Clubs uh, done this week, um, and I'm editing the show uh, kind of late this week as well. Um, you know, it's uh, it, it, it's been a pretty intense week, and uh, while um, uh, I, I, I've been, I, I think I've been blessed to have a mild strain of COVID. I've basically felt like I've had a mild hangover all week, and it's been kind of difficult to do anything but um, work. Like energy levels haven't been uh, 100% there. So uh, apologies, but yeah, it's coming. Anyway, um, yeah, on on with the show. It's uh, it's a long one. So it's a ranty one as well. Um, I, I I think from my end, I was just like maybe my mood wasn't that wasn't the best when we recorded on Tuesday. Um, so you know, if if you're not a particular fan of me ranting, um, when we talk about the HBO Max Warner stuff, um, you may wanna skip you know i god knows i wouldn't I, I won't be offended i'm not entirely sure i'd be able to listen to me but um you know hey uh what an advertisement for a podcast that is but uh anyway uh yeah like i say i think i'm coming through it and uh you know i i, I, th- I think i'll be more on it with uh next week's recording especially considering i'll be able to go outside by then so uh yeah enjoy the show guys thank you very much and stay safe This podcast is part of the Pod Syndicate family. For more criminally compelling shows, articles, and conversations, head to wearepodsyndicate.com. Good afternoon and good evening and welcome to episode 375 of Film Bastards. My name's Ian Loring and as always I'm joined by... Becky Foster, hello everybody. I'm Matt Foster, hello everybody. Hello, hello one and all. Um, I'm just going to mention this the once because I think I just bored the arse off of Mark and Becky. Um, but 
if for any reason I appear scatterbrain or anything like that, I'm day four of COVID. There we go. That was it. I think everyone's used to it by now, Ian. I don't think anyone would notice. Oh, that's very nice of you. <laughs> um, also, we're expecting a home delivery between eight and nine because uh, we're in lockdown. The dog's probably going to go mental and uh, Mark and Becky, I'm sure, can fill while we're getting the delivery in. So uh, there, there might there might be another bit of chaos like there was in uh, last last week's opening. Uh, that, that was fun last week. Anyway, coming up on this week's show, we have got reviews of film Twitter's latest meltdown, David Finch's Mank. <laughs> Um, and uh, Christopher Landon's uh, follow-up to the Happy da- uh, Death Day films, uh, Freaky, uh, which I'm looking forward to talking about, I must say. Uh, well, I'm looking forward to talking about Mank as well. Not looking forward to talking about people talking about Mank, but I'm looking forward to talking about Mank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's fair. Um, we've also got some news, you know, like not much has happened this week, but, you know, there's, <laughs> there, there, I'm lying. uh we've we've got some what we've been watching we've got some twitter questions i'm sure we'll have all sorts of other stuff uh patreon.com forward slash film bastards uh we've got the next two fincher clubs going up uh pretty 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 soon um also gonna do the next uh bond commentary at some point in the next couple of weeks that's on a majesty's secret service uh, we've also got a secret thing that we're going to be dropping on uh, Christmas Day that we'll need to sort our recording time for, thinking about it, Mark. Um, yeah, it'll be fine. Um, and yeah, patreon.com forward slash filmbastards, $2 a month. Um, yeah, I think that's probably it there. Am I forgetting anything? No, that's pro- everything, yeah. Cool. Okay, so film news. Is there anything big other than the big thing? I think that, I think, I think that is literally the big thing. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Sorry, I was expecting you to talk for a bit longer then, so I just drank some Pepsi. Sorry. <laughs> um. Yeah. Okay. So here we go then. Um. Warner Brothers. Uh, kind of stuck I, I don't know stuck a finger up at exhibitors and filmmakers kind of in a way um, yeah, I think it's a very odd one in the sense that Warner Brothers made well now we'll get into it because I I, I, I I have feelings about the whole thing is what I will say I think this is us getting into it, so you can probably say it. Well, but basically, it, it's Warner Brothers have decided their entire 2001, 2021 slate will be going on to HBO Max in the US. Um, it seems like the way that they've announced this and approached this wasn't exactly the most um, forthcoming with information. They didn't really group think it, did they? They didn't. They didn't sort of bounce it off anybody. No. They announced it with very little preparation for companies. Or filmmakers. Or filmmakers. But, but, well, ah, but here is where I have a difference of 
the problem is that you've got is um, Warner Brothers are not a single entity. Mm. The film, the films that they put out are not single entities. So Warner Brothers, one of those pictures, um, put out films often that are made in conjunction with smaller studios. So, for instance, Legendary. Mm. Um, and a lot of the time, they don't front up an, uh, all of the money. Mm. So if Kong versus Godzilla, for instance, costs $150 million to make, Warner Brothers haven't stumped up that $150 million. Yeah. It, it, it's made up of, of different things. Now, Warner Brothers also... It isn't like Warner Brothers is the top of where this goes. Warner Brothers are owned by AT&T. Mm. There is no way that Warner Brothers has made this decision on their own. And AT&T's, the fact that AT&T's revenue is significantly down for the third year running, must play into this. Um, And so what Warner have done is made a a business decision. And I I think I I commented on the um, WhatsApp group and said, effectively what Warner have done is they've blinked first. Yeah, yeah. Out of all the studios, they've gone, fuck it. And they, 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 no matter what, they've hit the panic button a little bit. Whether or not it's for the right reasons or the wrong reasons, they have hit the panic button. Mm. Um, your, the way that you, as a consumer, because that's what Warriors see us as, you're a consumer. Um, the way that we um, ingest that as consumers is, it's either great because we get to see fucking... Um, Wonder Woman, hmm. for instance, or what? What's the what's the really big one next year that they've got? Suicide Squad. June. June, right? You get to see that at home. I don't want to see June at home. Right. I don't want to see June at home. I want to see it in the cinema. Yeah. I, I want to see it at home, but I want to see it in the cinema three months before, before I. But. But they're giving people the option. But that's me. No. But uh, herein lies the issue. HBO Max, as it stands, is only available in the US. Well, yeah. So. Therein lies it becoming a another. Is it a savvy business decision? Because if HBO Max becomes available uh, globally, it's different. Mm. Or if the deal HBO Max becomes available as part of a Sky subscription or an LCB subscription as an additional, it it makes sense. If let's say next November, June is set to come out. And it is only available, you can only go and see it in the cinema or it's on HBO Max at the same time in the US. Torrance can go through the fucking roof. Oh, yeah. There's no getting away from that, whether you agree with Torrance or not. Mm, um, and even if you are somebody that agrees with them, you can't actually argue that, that a principle for why it's, it, it, it's, it's okay to do it, no matter what. It, it is a form of stealing. It's whether or not you're comfortable with that or not. We're not going to get into the moral ambiguities of, of torrenting. Um, but there is that there. And people say, oh, well, you can VPN it. But again, grey areas. Mm. The, the issue, I think, that has caused all of the furore about it is... The, the person who has decided to uh, come out and attack it from the artistic point of view is Christopher Nolan. <laughs> Had it been um, maybe James Gunn or Matt Reeves for, for Batman or uh, the Wachowski siblings or even Dennis Villeneuve, 
I think there might have been a different viewpoint. If if fuck if Villeneuve yes. said what Nolan said, the whole fuck it, it the whole discourse would be at a completely different bent. Yeah, it, it would yeah, be. Sorry, not. Yeah. yeah, that that and that's that's exactly it. The problem is is the the it it it, it literally is it's art, the artists versus the corporation. Mm. Um, and the, the the problem is again, I, I just said that the artist that has decided to come out and, and put their head above the parapet is is the guy who seemingly is like right well fuck it I, I i feel comfortable enough to do this the the, the strange thing is is Nolan is, is as as a as a filmmaker is an unpragmatic pragmatist which makes no sense whatsoever but he is an un, he's unpragmatic but he's a pragmatist in the sense that he when um 3D was starting to, to come up. There was a lot of questioning about why wasn't he making um, the Batman movies in 3D. And at the time, he, his response was, I don't need to. But if that's the way cinema goes and it starts going 3D, then I will have to start exploring it. But for now, I don't have to. Mm. Now, Chris Nolan, every Chris Nolan movie since, what, Insomnia, would it be? Has been a, a 12A think across the board all of them okay. yet his first three films were 15s now he knows he can't make a 15 that costs 200 million dollars no and get the, the amount of artistic freedom he gets so he pragmatically has to do that tenet for instance he has to pragmatically accept the fact that he has to make it so it can be released at a 12a but then he unpragmatically insists on it all being um, practical effects, which shoots the budget off. Yeah. Um, he is both a business end of it and an artist end of it. It's why he winds so many people up. Do you know what? I'd love to hear a 12-year-old hot take on fucking Tenet. <laughs> Another thing, but, 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 that, but that's it. it it's... The, the idea of it has to be available to 12 year olds it, it has to be available to 12 it doesn't have to be accessible to 12 year olds but it has to have a great point to do that mm. uh, and the reason being is because the business people um it's the money that it makes in a random doesn't make sense barely exists the money that it makes isn't about the money that it makes. It isn't about a truckload of $600 million arrives somewhere. It's The fact is, that $600 million that something makes that costs $200 million puts the share price up. If it goes, if it doesn't make that, it puts the share price down. And that is the value of the company. And that value of the company gives you the value of the credit you can get, which gives you the value of what you can then spend on Matt Reeves' Batman. Or blah, or blah, and that's the way the fucking ball rolls. It's the way the system works. It's why, it's why movie studios need to be owned by telecommunication companies, etc., and things like that. Because like the fashion industry and all these sorts of things, they make an incredible amount of money, but they don't make an incredible amount of profit. Mm. Yeah. 
and that therein lies the issue. There is you you don't know if fucking if for instance um, if I don't know you've got some tech company have paid X amount of a paid gone right. We're gonna give you ten million towards this movie mm. if you feature this in it. And they've got right, and then and then then it's going to get released a year later, and they go, oh fucking great, you we've given you ten million to have that in your fucking movie, and it's good gone by the time that goes. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's a business decision that. I mean, it's not going to be free on HBO Max either, is it? No, it's not going to be free on HBO Max, but also as well, I think what Warner have done that, and I promise I'll stop talking. Let's let's talk in a second. What Warner have done is they've looked at Netflix and gone right. So Netflix have. Um, and again, you have to indulge me here a little bit because I'm, I'm, what is it? Netflix have, uh, da, 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 da. how many millions of fucking users across the world? I, I, I believe the term is a fuck ton. <laughs> so, 195 million users. Wow. Right? It, it, it's, it's how many users they have. Um, Across the world, 195 million. Have a look at how much debt they're carrying at the moment. Actually, I'll do that. Go on, you, you continue talking. Right. And let's say that equates to, and let's do it in pounds because we're, what is it? But let's look at different areas and things like that. Let's, could we agree that we'd say that that is about, based on the countries and things like that, let's say it's six pounds. Isn't it like a tenner? It's a tenner here, but it's, it'll be a lot less in India, let's say. Right. So let's say it's six quid. Okay. A month. It, the, the, the number is insane that it comes out at. Your calculator got confused and put a letter in there. Yeah. It, it's, it's over a billion in yeah. revenue. Yeah. Each month. Now, granted, you know you, you what you said, but that's how much you're getting net each month. And the reason why Disney, Warner, via HBO, um, Amazon and, and so many companies are trying to get at that is they were slow off the mark. They were slow off the mark and, and, and they sorry and they let Netflix get get in there using their product and they almost see it as a hang on a minute they're making all this using our product and what they're doing is using the profit and the amount of the, the the literal amount of guaranteed revenue they're getting to yes accumulate a mass amount of debt but fuck we've got a shitload of debt in our back pocket as well to then throw at making their own content that is now getting nominated for academy awards but the thing about netflix that the other ones don't have netflix as yet haven't got greedy netflix haven't released a haven't brought in a separate strain of it called Netflix Premium where you can pay X amount to rent or buy a movie. It's all just on there. If it's on there, it's on there and you get it with your subscription. Mm. The amount of shit you go to look at, uh, search for on Prime and stuff like that, and it's it's you have to subscribe to a different channel. Well, hang on a second, I'm already subscribing to this fucking channel. Channel, channel yeah, channels are a thing that Netflix went down at the same time as, as what um, I think Apple TV have gone down. It's the same thing they're doing in a, in a different, what is it? But it, there's not extras with Netflix, is what I'm saying. No, the, 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 there's, there's not. Um, you know, and there, there could be. They could easily do that. Um, I mean, content. <clears throat> sorry, go uh, on. I, I, just on the extras thing, sorry, it's just a side point. 
I spent twenty five ninety nine on the Criterion disc of The Irishman. Twenty five ninety nine. Got through the extras in about an hour and a half. And now I've got a disc with The Irishman that cost me twenty five ninety nine. Where I'll watch The Irishman probably once every few years. I'm never going to watch the features again. To be honest, I'm probably just going to put it on eBay. No, I didn't. I didn't mean that. I didn't mean extras in that way. I meant Netflix. There's no add-ons. There's no. Oh. We've brought out the Irishman, and we know that's premium content, and we know people would pay extra for this for like a one-off viewing. So we'll charge you. Like you do, you get that with Disney Plus. You get that with Amazon. You get that with HBO Max. Uh, Can I? Can I? I, I'm gonna let us one talk in a second. Can I make a prediction of what's gonna happen very shortly? Netflix Premium. With no. With, with with what will happen with all of these streaming services. What? Uh, what will happen very shortly, within the next 18 months, I think. Adverts will come in. Not during a movie, <clears throat> but between episodes of things, they'll arrive, that you won't be able to skip. It will be like four minutes. It'll maybe, maybe one or two. You already get that with Amazon. You get it with Amazon, but you can skip it. Mm. But you won't be able to skip it. What they will also do is they will put a function into it. So when you pause, an advert comes up. An advert automatically comes up. As soon as you hit off pause, the advert goes off. Mm. But they will bring that in because they know that the likelihood is two people are watching it. One person paused it to go to the toilet. The other person suddenly sat there. Bang. Why are we idling on a screen? If that stuff like that will start to come in. They will look at it and go, right, we've got people's $14.99, people's $12.99, people's $6.99, people's $8.99. We've got that. How do we boost it? How do we boost they need that? To boost it. Yes. It doesn't matter whether they need to or not. If they can, they will. They will boost it. If it doesn't work and they lose subscribers, then they lose out. It, again, it, it doesn't matter because you will you will lose a tranche of subscribers at first, but not enough to to what is it? And they'll probably come back. And they'll probably come back. Mm-hmm. The 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 model and I've said it before, the model of how we consume movies at home in the in the pantheon for how long movies have existed is very very small the lifespan of vhs was short the lifespan of dvds was even shorter the lifespan of blu-rays as the prime model for how people watch things at home was even shorter and the lifespan for 4k barely even fucking happened Mm. we consume media now digitally via streaming and via online renting and things like that and that's fucking cool the fact that it, in a way in, in the fact that if we wanted to between the three of us here and we decided we wanted to watch for instance fucking Carly Us Work we watched it the week mm. right we might be able to watch for free or the strong likelihood is we will be able to rent it, rent it. Or even buy it so we can watch it whenever the fuck we want, in theory. You until don't physically own it. You don't physically own it. But we could do that. We could all watch it tonight if we wanted to. Yeah. Whereas previously, if you went, do you know what I really fancy watching? Carly or where? All right, cool. I'll, I'll either go and get it tomorrow or I'll order it tomorrow. Yeah. There's a convenience thing. The, the, it, the thing is, it's with the HBO Max thing, is let's say we all get HBO Max. It goes fucking global from February, right? Mm. They're saying it's only for the slate of stuff that's this year, right? If it doesn't work, they look like idiots. And what they'll start doing is 
June will hit problems and they won't be able to get Rebecca Ferguson and Josh Brolin to do the press tour in January in, in um, December. So it'll get pushed back to Jack back to January. So it no longer is on 2001 slate. It's the 2022 slate. Is June not due to come out until next December now? Next November. Fucking hell. Right? So that could happen. That could be their, their little fucking way around it. Mm. The other point is, if it's a mo- moderate success or if it's a big success, you can't get the fucking genie back in the bottle. It doesn't work like that. Mm. The, the, the the difficulty with all of this, and I'm going to... Actually, I'm, I'm probably going to monologue a little bit. Bex, did you, did you want to okay. say anything to that before... Uh, no, that's fine. <laughs> so, first off, I think this further accelerates the cultural irrelevance of film. I agree with you. Um, but on that particular point you were just saying there, those people will do their publicity tours and whatnot as long as they their contractual obligations are fulfilled. The reason why Gal Gadot and Patty Jenkins are being so i i are being so okay with all of this i don't think it's a coincidence that apparently they've also had their back end deals paid out by warner brothers that they would have had if the film made a billion worldwide so it's i think also you've got to add it in into that um patty jenkins this is her third movie Yes. In a, in, in a 20-odd year career. Now, Patty Jenkins had a very successful career outside of movies. Mm. So I'm not in any way calling, saying she should grasp onto this because it's the only success she's had. But as a filmmaker, she's a, she's no matter what you say, she's an, in her infancy in a filmmaker. Yeah, yeah. and But she's the first woman to direct the billion-dollar worldwide grossing film. That deserves to be celebrated. Absolutely. Get, I, I absolutely agree, agree, with, agree with that. What I'm saying is, Patty Jenkins' name as a director does not sell a film. No, 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 no. Um, but you know, she was probably pretty fucking lowballed on Wonder Woman. Absolutely, you know, why she's uh, the job. Yeah, and now she's getting paid. One hundred percent respect that. Same yeah. with Gal Dot, quite frankly. Um, Same with the fucking Russo brothers when they did Marvel. Same yeah. John Fabro when he did Marvel. It, it, it's a good system. Is get talented people who are underappreciated, and you can pay them less, and then start paying them more as it goes. And it's a sliding scale of going up, and it's a good business model. Exactly, exactly. Now, the 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 difficulty that we're gonna get in the future. I mean, for, first off, apparently, like Margot Robbie and Keanu Reeves, people are, are not happy with Warner because it and James Gunn. Apparently, it looks like the deals that they're getting in terms of the back end stuff not nearly as attractive as as Wonder Woman, which in a way kind of makes sense because Wonder Woman was a guaranteed billion-dollar grosser worldwide. You know, I think the Suicide Squad, to an extent, there's that possibility there. Matrix 4, I think Matrix 4 is a bit of a who-the-fuck-knows. Um, but you're going you're gonna to see filmmakers and film stars basically go, right, do I work for Warner who are going to release this probably no matter what they're saying, are probably going to release all their stuff on HBO max. And we're not going to get the kind of compensation, let's say that we would get from working with 
like potentially Netflix or Apple or Disney, basically with like the Marvel system of, hey, being our Marvel films, we'll pay you fuck all for the first one. But if it's a success, you're going to get fucking paid with with the future ones. Disney have set, you know, it looks like they're going to announce a few things going straight to Disney Plus uh, at an investor thing on Thursday. Most notably, the Marvel films are not being discussed in those terms. They will be theatrical releases. But like Mark says, the genie is out of the bottle now. There's going to be less and less content only available in cinemas. You're going to have generations of kids now growing up with their primary experience of watching a film basically being on their TV, which they watched most of, but also had their mobile in their hand. Yeah. You know, and then as the years go on, what films mean to people will become less and less and less. And that that's a pretty apocalyptic way of saying it. But the fact is being in a cinema basically demands your undivided attention, essentially. Um, it gets people really engaging with films. You have these films. OK, cool. You can see Dune in the comfort of your home. Fine. Yeah. I, I want to see it on the biggest screen possible myself, but I understand that a lot of people don't. But yeah. those people are going to be watching Dune while pausing it every 10, 15 minutes to go get something or go for a pee or whatever. Like maybe like having a play on their phone and whatnot, like just like doing a bit of doom scrolling during a talky bit of Dune. And I mean, like I'm not, I'm not saying everyone's a shit muncher. I do it. I do it. It's so much harder these days to pay attention to a film when you are watching it at home. And if you if you're listening to this going, well, I don't think it is. I make sure my phone phone's off. That's that's great. Good for you. I wish I was you. To be fair on the June thing as well, if it's not due out till November, vaccines are going to get rolled out. This thing will hopefully go away. People that don't want to see it in the cinema fucking wait like you always have had to. That Well, that that. It, it, you either go to the cinema and you make that commitment or you fucking wait. That, therein lies my, it, it, it is an issue that I have with this. Is it's the, do you know what? Like, you sort of perfectly there. Is I, I, I want to go and see June the cinema. I want that experience. Do I think it, that a movie is better having seen it in the cinema? For something like June, yeah. It should be able to hold up at home. I do. Having that but it should be what I said. Yeah. But I, I, the first time I see it, I, like Ian said that, I want to see it in a situation where... No distractions. There's no distractions. And I, I genuinely really do. If it's something I've already seen, but if it's a new film, I try my best yep. to have my phone away and to not look at it. Mm. But I do occasionally have a quick, what is it? Or we'll pause it to grab a drink or go to the bathroom, something mm. like that. Mm. I try not to, but let's face it. When, when, when I go, home, when I go to the cinema... Um, you don't drink for the internet. I don't drink for five hours before I go <laughs> <laughs> um, to it. My watch gets put on uh, cinema mode, and I, I am there absolutely prepared yeah. For, yeah. For, for for that. If I was going to see a two and a half hour movie, I, I at eight o'clock at night, I probably wouldn't drink after eight in the morning, just in fucking case. Mm. I'm not going to do that at home because I can pause it and go for a pee quickly. Yeah, yeah. But and that is the but comfort. every time you do that, it takes it out of it. And, but that is the comfort of watching yeah. it at home. The thing is, 
if you don't want to go and see it at the cinema because you don't enjoy the cinema experience, and there are a lot of reasons to not enjoy the cinema experience as well, if you don't do that, then fine. I am all for that. If you want it at the, you want it at the comfort of your own home, if like that, that is fucking cool. And I, I that is absolutely what is it. But do you know what? You can wait three fucking months. Yeah. What it it it, it it's the first over the line thing. Yeah. That needs to fucking end. The first over the line thing is what has fucking tricked people. It's tricked people into thinking that they have to go and fucking see it first so that films get a, a box office. And what is it? So that Netflix can go, oh, do you know how many people watched fucking Stranger Things and just binged it all in one fucking go? It was 12 million households and all this shit. So that you can create a culture of you have to have done this first. Yeah, but that's what gets people in cinemas. They want to see it and they want to see it now. If they don't want to see it now, they wait. But that's what I'm saying. Is that, is that, that That's the thing. Is wait. Just wait. What's if you, you don't know, using using this pandemic as an excuse for a film that's coming out next November is bullshit. So apparently Warner's epidemiologist that they spoke to said in America specifically, it's gonna take pretty much all of twenty twenty one for like enough people to be vaccinated for it all. And you know, you look at so there was this um story today that um Pfizer like Trump signed an executive order saying that he like companies must make sure that America is fully taken care of before shipping out vaccines to other countries. It was then pointed out that in July the Trump administration re- uh, rejected Pfizer's offer of additional vaccines and then Pfizer then allocated them to other countries. Hmm. So. It looks like and it's essentially there's not going to be enough vaccine in the US because the Trump administration dropped a bollock. And that is that's essentially putting back. So when when our government is saying, yeah, you know, around Easter, everything should be looking all right. It probably is the second half of 2021 into 22 that that the same is with the US. And you have to bear in mind, there's a lot larger percentage of people in the US who straight up like seem to be refusing to countenance taking a vaccine. They shouldn't be allowed out then. Yeah, I mean, I'm all for civil rights, but I think if you're not prepared to have a vaccine for no good, if it's medical reasons, fair enough. If it's because you're an anti-vaxxer, fuck you, don't go out then. I'm that, I'm that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm that hard on it. And, I've got some fucking experience of the old COVID now. Thankfully, I'm not that bad, but still, at such wood now, but still, fuck you if you think that way. Can I just can I just raise one thing? Like a, a, a similar but different product that is further along in this model of everything being digital than film is music. Yeah, music's been developed. You, we we will still go to gigs. Yeah. We will still buy vinyl. We, I mean, God, I won't buy a fucking CD. God no. Because they're just trash. But they were always trash though. But we still buy music. Yes. We would still go see it live. Isabel's generation. I I, I don't think Isabel's ever asked for a CD or anything for Christmas or for a birthday. She's no. never asked for music because Spotify has always been a thing, and it devalues it. They. Yep. They have it on in the background. They don't listen to it. I mean, we we used to sit. I mean, Mark and I have been together since we were sixteen years old. We used to like lay in the dark and listen to fucking suede CDs 
and just it was it was like a whole thing and you, you pay attention to it and you absorb it and you know you used to read the lyrics and you go to the gigs and you could kind of sing along and it was it was like a whole fucking thing and now it's just it's it's all elevator music to kids nowadays it, it's all the same and i'm not saying that as, as old man saying that is it literally it's 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 become just so formulaic because it's not based on new bands don't care about albums what i'm trying to say is like isabel for example she's she's been to leeds festival a few times hmm. she never she's never expressed an interest in going to like a gig no, a they, concert. They don't go to the gigs aren't a thing for the musical artists. They listen no. to the, the stage shows that cost like a hundred quid for a fucking ticket. Or there's events which yeah. are DJs. But they don't go to like plugging a USB or board. I don't know whether it's whether it's mu- the music that's fashionable has changed or whatever. But just the, the way that generations that are younger than us consume music just seems so bizarre to me as an old person pulling it pulling it back to um and i don't want film to go the same way i'm done yeah pull it back go, to go. Two seconds. but yeah you're absolutely completely right with the build with the music versus film that is that is exactly the point of that's where, where it's going. going is literally it's to the point of where um and i'm not picking on young people but young people are shit uh, i don't it, think that's the case i think the way that the way that this is is provided to them makes them shit what, with it but what i'm saying is if you say to somebody under the age of, I would say, 21, 22, mm. right? Oh, I watched this really good film the other night, right? Let's say fucking Breakfast Club. Mm. I watched Breakfast Club, or Breakfast Club the other night. Oh, what's that? Oh, it's from the 80s. Oh, is it on Netflix? Is the first fucking thing they're going to say to you. Mm. And if it's, and I think it probably is. But if it's not on Netflix or it's not on Prime, they won't even count. It, it won't it. countenance the idea of, of of seeking it out. So hang on a minute, I'd have to go and pay my own money. Yeah. To 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 buy it, I can't just watch it on my 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 Netflix that my parents are paying for, or on the Netflix account I share with my sister, or, or things like that. But it cheapens the product. But that's it. You know. At the end of the day, it, it, it will it will dilute and dilute the product, and no matter what people say, and if people if if people think and genuinely come out with the oh, but if that means we don't get a two hundred million dollar blockbuster and we get more thirty million dollar movies or more five million dollar movies and things like that, um, then I'm all for it, right? Wake the fuck up, mm. right? Because that isn't how it works. It really, really isn't. It's just what they will try and do is turn the $100 million movie into $200 million movies of lower quality because they've already got your fucking money. Yeah, yeah. They don't have to get you to go and get it. They've got your fucking money already. It's it, it's that. They are fucking... They, they, they don't give a shit because yeah. you paid for it. Yeah beforehand the amount of fucking little hidden gems that we used to find when we used to get like five for 30 quid at um but, Virgin? yeah but, the, but but that that's going back to there but as well you're not going to get think pieces no you're going to get trashy fucking horror because it makes money yeah but then the trashy horror will disappear because the way, the, the way something the way something like for instance fucking um for instance, get out. Yeah. 
Get Out opened up so many fucking doors that interesting uh, political base. And horror's already been political, already always been political base, but opened so many doors for interesting horror to come out and things like that mm. theatrically because it cost, what, $12 million and made fucking $200 million in one Oscars. Yeah. But it, that that doesn't happen if, if it's going straight to HBO because it, it becomes a HBO Max or Netflix because it becomes a black movie, not a theatrical movie. Mm. It's a movie that you can that you consume at home. Mm. And that and that is the difference that you will have and the artistic um scope that people have. But do you reckon fucking let's say Chris Nolan fucking has still got he doesn't let's say he started a contract with Warner and they went, Right, Chris. Um, you've got to make one more fucking pitch with us. Here you go, but it's only going to HBO Max. Tricky needs to go. Well, fuck it. Yeah, I'll, I'll shoot on fucking IMAX cameras when it's going to be played on either someone's phone or great someone's seventy-inch TV or whatever. But it's not a fucking IMAX screen, is it? So you he, he's not going to bother. It, it's going to be a oh fuck it, this will do. You'll get this will do. Mm. Mm-hmm. And that that is the problem. Is you will get too much. This will do. And the issue that you've got is too many people will cry that it's a fucking great thing because they get to see it a little bit fucking quicker and at home. Or they can torrent it and pretend they've got a VPN. Um, and they think they're pissing Chris Nolan off. Chris Nolan does not give a shit if you badmouth him on Twitter. Doesn't care. Doubt he has Twitter. Um, Chris Nolan will... Probably not work for Warner Brothers again, but we'll happily take $300 million of Apple's money um, on the promise of some sort of theatrical window, a wide release. You know, if if, if, if Apple, Apple have more money than fucking God, like literally have more money than God. Um. If Apple wanted to play this really fucking clever, right, they could go, tell you what, Chris, you come here, and what we'll do is we'll fund you three movies to the tune of 800 million for your next three fucking movies that will give you your theatrical window, and they can come on here three months fucking later. Um, And do you know what? We're going to give you a lot of shitload of money to mess about with as a, as a producer. So if you want fucking X person to make a 150 million movie, fuck it, give them it, and you're the fucking producer. And we will essentially fucking give you the keys to the fucking city of, of Apple Studios. Mm. We will make you what fucking Favreau is becoming to Disney. You know, and that's not a criticism of Favreau, by the way, because I think it's a fucking I don't watch Mandalorian, but if it's making that many fucking Star Wars fans fucking happy, <laughs> right? Then he must be doing a fucking great job and all power him because he seems like a genuinely fucking good dude who has worked his ass off. And I god fucking hope that literally in five years' time he's fucking running Disney and just doing it not to make money, just to fucking go, right, I've got all these toys that spread some fucking joy. <laughs> Because he seems like that's what he wants to do. Doesn't give a shit, you know, if he has to make money, he has to make money, but his primary thing is just fucking joy. Then fuck it. If Nolan does that with Apple and his primary thing is craft, it, fine. Nolan's it, primary thing is confusion. It, it seems like that, that's the thing. Confusion. Yeah. 
it's I I, I, I both I no no I don't think it's a death knell for cinema that people think it is. I think it could it could literally blow back in Warner's face. And Warner have form for this. Let's not forget. Warner we all think these studios are always fucking on something and they're ahead of the fucking curve and they know what they're doing. They're run by smart, sensible, good business people. They're not sometimes. Mm. They're not. They're people who occasionally give $200 million to make Battlefield Earth. No bit exists. Studios aren't smart. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It, it's... The thing is, even if it does blow back in Warner's face, like, the degree to which they've done this, um, I mean, just, like, say, in the whole of the 2021 slate, I think... The, the genie that's out of the bottle at, at, at the very minimum is it's only going to be the biggest films that get a theatrical release uh, or at least to get the big screens. And my worry is all that's going to be left is big screens. Yeah. Um, so, so or, the, the country three probably won't get that. It'll just get a, yeah. available from Black. And, and I mean, also, I, I don't know, there's just, it's all content and there's so much stuff out there trying to get people's time. You know, it, it's, you know, we're, we're two days away from Cyberpunk 2077 coming out, which is the new game for the people who did The Witcher 3, stars Keanu Reeves, um, and basically kind of lets people live in a Keanu Reeves co-starring fucking futuristic tech thriller you know if if you and I mean it, that's what like 40 50 quid if you're so inclined you could spend literally hundreds of hours of time in that game. Apparently, if you just want to mainline it, apparently it's only about 20, 25 hours long. If you wanted to really do all the side stuff and fully immerse yourself, it's hundreds of hours. You know, you've got that kind of entertainment, which demands your attention. You know, in the end of the day, if you put your controller down, it stops. Yeah. You know, so it demands your attention um, versus, like the like latest bit of content which is on netflix but it's kind of like hiding in the menus you actually have to actively search for it and that's if you're a fucking film fan if you're somebody who has netflix because you like to binge stranger things and i'm not saying there's anything wrong with that i'm just saying if, if you were one of those people a you're not listening to the show but b you're not gonna see that interesting film you know it's like mank apparently wasn't even in the top 10 of netflix watches this past opening weekend well interestingly and this will prove a nice segue i think but what i will say is i actually commented to bex didn't i when we started watching mank i it wasn't on the in, in like the um netflix originals thing that was there the self-populated menu i then went in and started typing n wasn't didn't crop up the sign got to a, didn't crop up the side, got to M, still wasn't there. I had taken the full title before it eventually fucking found it. And I thought, hang on a minute, this is a film that he's been spoken about as possibly an Oscar contender, directed by David Fincher, 
and I and I've had to actually find it on Netflix. Mm. Yeah. It, and how many people are doing that? Yeah, and the algorithm already and the algorithm literally told me earlier in the day. Oh, do you know Manx on Netflix today? You might like that. <laughs> I, I will like that. Thank you. Where the fuck is it though? Yeah. I mean, I'm used to that with Amazon Prime. I'm used to Amazon Prime hiding things from us. I'm used to that. I'm not used to it with Netflix. Netflix usually is, it, it, is you turn it on, it goes, fucking Mank. You want to watch Mank, don't you? And, I, and I'm like, I do fucking want to watch Mank. Whereas Amazon Prime, I'm like, go on, it goes, Jack, Jack Ryan. You want to watch Jack Ryan, don't you? No, I don't want to watch Jack Ryan. Are you sure you don't want to watch Jack Ryan? No, I want to watch The Hitman's Bodyguard in 4K. Cool. Can I show you this trailer for Jack Ryan first, though? Because, you know, you, you want to watch that, don't you? No. And then you get an email saying, did you enjoy Jack Ryan? Like, no, I didn't fucking watch Jack Ryan. Amazon really wants me to watch Jack Ryan. Jack Ryan gets fucked. You're not watching it. It's not a fight. I'm not, no. It, it, it just, it's, yeah. I, I, it, uh... I don't know. And the, the, the thing is, all the discourse, it's just people either against Nolan or against Warner Brothers. And it's just and then you've got I, I uh, it's just so tiring. And and yet we've been talking about all this stuff for the best part of an hour. Um, but I mean, it is interesting and it is absolutely fundamental to, you know, what 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 this show is about, you know. Um, I, I just yeah, I I worry about the 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 future of film. I worry about its cultural relevance. Um, and but then also, my head's turned by cyberpunk. I've pre-ordered it on fucking Google Stadia because if I Google pre-order it, right? This is an offer. You pre-order it on Google Stadia for fifty quid. It's a fiver less than pre-ordering it on um, the PlayStation Store, um, but they give you a free Chromecast Ultra. Can I ask a question? Hmm. What's Stadia? It's their streaming service. So, like, literally, right? You can go on Google Google Chrome on a browser. Yeah. Can connect, say, your PlayStation controller. Yeah. Buy a game on there, or through their subscription, you get a bunch of games. And you yeah. just stream the game on the internet. So could I do that? Could you do that on a TV? If, or does it have to be on like a laptop or phone? If or you, so if you have a Chromecast Ultra. So basically, if you if you pre-order Cyberpunk, you get what they call their Stadia pre- Premier Edition. So you get a Chromecast Ultra and a Stadia controller. Um, and then literally you plug that in, you go. Essentially, you could say like to your phone, if you have a Google, if you have an Android or something, play Cyberpunk 2077 on the TV and then it just starts up and you just stream it. Huh. And, they, and so, so basically it's it's you don't have a console, you're just playing these games. But you, it, the problem is there is it's dependent on how good your Internet connection is. Yeah, 100 percent. It is utterly dependent on your Internet connection. You don't download anything. But that's it. So it's like, and I've I've pre-ordered it as a bit of a tester because I want to see how it, how it works. And it's like, if I get a free Chromecast Ultra, great. If it turns if it turns out that the service is shit, I'll sell the Chromecast Ultra. I'll sell the controller. I'll make most of my money back, if not all of it. 
And so how much is stayed your month? So I, I like if you're just buying the games, it doesn't cost anything a month. But you can get a Stadia Pro subscription, which lets you stream in 4K 60 frames per second and gives you access to some free games. So at the moment this month, um, and you keep the games for as long as the, like as long as you have a subscription. So this month, Hitman, the game I was streaming, Hitman and Hitman 2 are both free on there. So it, it, it basically what they're trying to do is say, hey, you know that console that you've got mm-hmm. that you play Fortnite on all the time that you paid 500 quid for? Did you yep. know that Fortnite is just online and you don't have to pay that? That is exactly it. You know, th- th- this is the thing. If I had a PlayStation 5 by now, I probably would have just pre-ordered Cyberpunk on there. Yeah, there is. But I think, but I think that's because... But, because I'll be honest my only issue with that is um, my experience with um, streaming games and high tech games not just like low rent games is Playstation Now which is fucking garbage (laughs) to put it lightly even Playstation Now have basically gone alright we know it's garbage so we're going to let you download it play it offline uh, and then you can delete that and then re-download something else. All these fucking shitty games, just play them online. But if it's anything, if it's fucking Spider-Man, just download it. So this, this is, this is the interesting thing with Stadia. It's, it, 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 you know, I'm, I am intrigued by it. And just the fact, so I, what, if I had a PlayStation, I would have pre-ordered it on there. Um, CD Projekt Red, the developers, this is a bit of a tangent, but I think it's the whole kind of content delivery kind of thing we were talking about. Um, they they haven't released, they haven't let anybody release any video of it running on a base PlayStation 4. So the thinking is it's going to run like shit on a normal PlayStation 4. Whereas on Stadia, you know, my internet connection is good and it should be running on a cloud computer that's got it running in a on a very nice system. You know, so I can get all the like the bells and whistles of it, but it's just a video stream. Also, from tomorrow, they're going to allow people to stream Stadia gameplay on YouTube. So I want to test that on the Pod Syndicate YouTube channel. So I am going to play Cyberpunk streaming in into my connection while my connection is also uploading a YouTube stream of cyberpunk. (laughs) I want to see how bad, how fucked that makes my internet connection. Quite frankly, I'm really intrigued. So, but this is the thing. It's all about this kind of like instant access, do all this stuff like anywhere, but with cinemas, bringing it back to that before we move on to Mank with cinemas, like I said, you are forced to sit there. You have to sit there. You have to watch the film. The projection isn't going to pause because you need a pee or you're taking a call. So you have to make a commitment. You don't do if you don't have to do that at home. You're not going to do it. You're not going to make that commitment at home. Uh, You know, unless you've just got an incredible attention span and maybe slightly don't live in the modern world and all power to you. Or you don't drink anything after eight in the morning. Or you, yeah, so you don't drink anything twelve hours before you start watching the film. Um, 
yeah, it's it yeah it 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 feels it it's the first time ever where i've honestly felt that by the time that lottie has kids films will just be content people won't care like i'll be seen as old as shit for even having ever ever cared about them i honestly i i that's kind of where i think it's going um anyway mank oh yes put aside gratitude mank that you've done your best work was no accident i removed any distraction eliminated every excuse your family your cronies liquor I gave you a second chance. And for that, I cannot thank you enough. But with credit for a risky undertaking must go the weight of real responsibility. Given your current health, I wonder if you're up to it. And frankly, I wonder too, but we'll find out. You may never work in this town again, Mac. <laughs> Orson, please. Then you force me to remind you. We have a contract that you understood and agreed to. If you fight this, it will go to what your new guild calls arbitration, and you, my friend, will lose. Script, money, and assuming such a thing still exists in Hollywood, the respect of those who honor their word. How can I put this nicely? I may be a loose cannon, but you, my friend, are an outsider. They're exasperated by me, and I've earned it, but you, a self-anointed savior hyphenate, they're just waiting to load you. Remind me never again to work with a washed-up alcoholic. Duly noted. Nelson Algren, please copy. All right! Because we still care about films, don't we, guys? Um, Mank, directed by David Fincher, stars Gary Oldman, Amanda Seyfried, Charles Dance, uh, Arliss Howard, uh, a bunch of others, Tuppence Middleton, uh, Lily Collins, and others. Uh, it's the story of Herman J. Mankiewicz, uh, played by Gary Oldman, um, the uh, co-screenwriter of Citizen Kane. Um, and it kind of tells the story of him writing Kane uh, while also flashing back to what kind of inspired uh, him uh, most notably his uh, dealings with Marion Davies, played by Amanda Seyfried, and uh, William Randolph Hearst, played by Charles Dance. Bex, Mank, did you like getting manky? <laughs> um, I, it's a weird one for me, this, because I, I think overall, I think I enjoyed it. I thought Amanda Seyfried was very good in it. She was she was quite sparkly and like bright eyed and just she was very right for the role. Um, and I, I don't normally like Amanda Seyfried at all. Um, but she, she she worked in this really, really well. Um, all the performances were good. I, I, I just had a few issues with it. Um, one of them was the way that the sound was done. Uh, I mentioned this when we were watching it. Um, and Mark said it was something with how it was recorded. Yeah, it, it's not it, on different tracks or it, something. It, so it's not on different. So like I think I said this before. It, normally, you'd have your dialogue, your sound effects, um, and you. And then you could just like that, so that would be on yeah. different tracks. Whereas, whereas this just all runs off one track, which makes large swathes of the dialogue incomprehensible, which pissed me off. Um, and as I said to you at the time, if you're going to do that and you're going to try and be authentic to the way that things were recorded at the time 
don't fucking record it on digital cameras, but whatever. Um, and then I officially had cigarette burn. Yeah, yeah, that really fucking annoyed me. <laughs> really, every time I saw one, it made my rage levels rise. Um, the I won't use the term that I used to you, but the group back slapping vibe of it annoyed me as well like there was nobody involved in that movie that didn't just escalate the hype every time anything that was mentioned oh we could do this yeah yeah let's do this and then let's also do this and and let's all and it's like there was no one in the room going no yeah um no fuck it i will use the phrase i used it was like it was a circle jerk of a film um and it felt i i know a limited amount about william randolph hearst from reading about it post watching citizen kane and wanting to know a bit more about like the background and 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 that kind of side of it but limited amount because citizen kane genuinely is one of your favorite films yeah i love citizen kane um but yeah but it's a limited amount and I, I don't know much about old Hollywood. I don't know much about the big players of the time. And it made it feel really quite inaccessible. Um, and it made it feel like there was there was big stretches of the film where they're all sat around in a group talking about, but not explaining who they are, people from the time. And I'm just sat there like, I have no fucking clue what you're on about. This is boring. I'm bored of this now. I'm bored of you talking about the politics of... But not explaining the politics of, just saying that you don't like them. Of people that I haven't got a clue who the fuck they are. So that that really bothered me. But then the bits, um, like the bits where he's at the the cabin and it's him, Lily Collins, and Frau, what's her name? Um, that that was that was really good, and it was a bit more because it was a bit more low key. Well, the nice part. <laughs> um, Fräulein Frieda. Um, it, it, it just felt... It, it, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I liked it. That's my problem. But I, I, I enjoyed quite a lot of elements of it. But I just don't know whether I enjoyed the film itself as a whole. But it's nothing... See, it's, not, it's, it's, it's not necessarily issues that I have with the story. It's more the making of it. And the fact that somebody should have gone. But like, what if people don't get that? What if people don't already know that? You're not explaining it enough to make everybody be able to watch this. Like, because you pointed out with like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, you've got that that little segment where, um, what's the name, Sharon Tate is dancing with, what's he called? Emil Hirsch. Emil Hirsch, what's his character's name? Jay Seberg. Seberg, yeah. Seberg. Uh, dancing with him and then Steve McQueen's sort of explaining to somebody like mm. a little bit of what's going on and not in a kind of exposition way but kind of in an exposition way but in a, a well done exposition in a, in a, way in a, this, this type in a very fun literally within a minute I can explain everything that's going on here you know and then yeah. you come out of that going oh I, I knew she was with Polanski I didn't know she'd had a previous relationship with Sebring that's that's really interesting yeah. and with it being Tarantino she may well not have done but do, do, she did but th- that's the kind of thing I'm getting at it's it, it just kind of it sh- shuts the door in your face if you don't already know about all this stuff. 
Sorry. Yeah, yeah, no, one hundred percent get what you're saying there, Bex. Uh, Mark, go on. No way, saying sorry there. That was, I thought, I thought, I thought, no, it was really good. I thought, I thought, I thought, I thought you were very, very well articulated. A lot yeah. of problems the movie has. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, no, yeah, one hundred percent, Bex. Yeah, no, I was kind of just nodding in agreement to a lot of that. But yeah, Mark, what did you think? Um, and this isn't me being. Well, I actually knew an awful lot of what was going on. <laughs> I knew about old Hollywood before. It was cool to know about old Hollywood. Uh, because you did mention it during the film. I did. And I was like, I, I can absolutely see that. And I don't profess in any way to be an expert on these things. But I, I do know a little bit about it because I, I, I've read a couple of books about it. Um, fucking nerd. From years ago. Yeah, that when, that when people used to fucking read. I mean, a lot of people still do read, Matt. That's just you. <laughs> Apparently, yeah. <laughs> uh, a lot of people read Wikipedia synopsis of books and then pretend they've read them. Um, so yeah, but yeah, it's spicy read... tonight, Mark. Fair play. Sorry, <laughs> but... um, I, I read a, a few books by it, so I knew little bits of, uh, uh, about it. Um, and so, but absolutely, I, I do. And I admit, you, Ian, saying that you wish you'd known a little bit more about it mm. uh, going into it because you could have got more out of it. The problem is with the movie is that I, I don't I don't even think it assumes you know these things. You don't give a shit. I don't think it gives a shit. I think it's it, it, it's happy that it knows it. Yeah. And if you Which don't and, and, and if you don't know it, well why don't you know it? Mm. It, it, it feels a little bit like that. It's quite an obnoxious film. It feels a little bit like it's talking down to you. Yeah. Yeah. At points. Um and, and that irked me. A little bit, but then you have some very, very good lines within the movie, and you, when have you some, can hear them. Uh, uh, <laughs> that again didn't bother me too much either. Yeah, you're used to not being able to and hear anything. And you stop there hearing it. Everything feels like my head's in a fishbowl. <laughs> um, so that um, I, I'll go over the bits that I didn't like, and then I'll get to the bits that I did like because I overall really fucking really liked this movie. Um, I I'm not sure about Gary Oldman anymore. No. I'm, I'm just not sure he's got it fully in him. At he points, does. he's very, very good in this. But then there's other points where he's he's not that great in it. And that can even be during scenes. Yeah. Um, but Maybe he was going method. Maybe he was just really pissed all the way through it. But then um, I think Amanda Seafood's fantastic in it. I think Lily Collins is brilliant in it. Um... And if you're looking, and Amanda Seyfried will probably get the Oscar nomination Best Supporting Actress, and we'll get all the what is it? I think Lily Collins is, is, is the better performance. She's unbelievably charming, mm. but without yeah. having to be over the top. She's just generally charming. She also gets some of the, she also gets some of the weight, which she's the she's the one who actually fucking gets to tell Mankoff. Mm. He's not awake. But she gets that moment. She gets the the. She's the first one who goes stop being a prick mm. when he knows he's been a prick. And the the key bit here is Oldman is better bouncing off her than anybody else in the movie. I enjoy. And he's the, very he's I very good. Things, he, he, he's so. very good with her as well. The the uh, the scene where they're walking around. Uh, yeah. do essentially. Um, that's that's very good. But. It, I just don't think it's as strong or as charming or as engaging or as watchable it as it is. every single scene that they have together. 
Mm. Um, is there? It's... I even enjoyed poor Sarah, but she didn't get much to do. But her little bit where she finally got to tell him off a little bit was yeah. quite good. But uh, uh, in those moments, Omen's very good. And he... Omen's... I think he's very good, but I think he's decided that he needs to do a lot more acting with his face. So he tries to do a lot of facial acting. And it's like, maybe it worked for Omen 30 years ago on the facial acting. But now it's like, you do realise you're quite jowly now. So the bit you're doing with your jaw, <laughs> we can't see. We could see it in Leon. And in Romeo is bleeding. And in True Romance. Even in Batman. But we can't see it now. It's only got fat in recent years. Um, I really fat. And again, and then last bit that I didn't like, right? If you're going to shoot it digitally, and you're going to insist on shooting it digitally, own that. Yeah. He was insistent on shooting it digitally. He was insistent on shooting it on a monochrome. There is no colour copy of this movie out there. They didn't shoot it in colour and then digitally grade it to what is it? It's shot on monochrome, black and white. Right? Digitally. Mm. Right? If you're going to go that far, don't fucking insert fake fucking cigarette burns into it. It's it's patronising mm, mm. and it's it's having your cake and eat it. And it, it feels a little bit like I'm doing it to add this authenticity. Then shoot on film, you prick. Yeah, it would have looked better. It looked really All quite films flat. look better on film. But it looked quite flat. Don't you think it looked quite flat? Would not, I, I, I do, but I think that was part of a choice of it. But then getting on to it, I think the story's really good. I think the pacing's really good. It, it's fucking interesting. Um... The fact that they, the fact that they, they the, the film and, and Jack Fincher's script clearly, clearly just treat Wells with utter fucking contempt. That he is a, an, a, a talented, granted, but an overpreened egomaniac who was never anywhere near as talented as people told him he was. But, I'm not saying I agree with that about Wells, but fucking Jack Fincher thought that. But again, it's it's another it's another thing of that film thinking it's better than you. It's like, oh, you think you like Orson Welles? Do you think you like Citizen Kane? I know more about this. Well, did you know the I'm, real story? Yeah. My dad did. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, Fuck you, Fincher. There's a little bit of that, but then you've got the Fincheriness of it starts to kick in. The way that it that the um, the during like the big end finale fucking um, speech where you've got Mank wandering on the table and people are leaving and bits like that. And it keeps on focusing towards Charles Dance, who is doing the facial acting that uh, that Gary Oldman thinks he's doing. And it's like you're looking at... And Charles Dance, is he's not offended by this. He's not impressed by it. Yeah. It's the moment where he's there going, continue entertaining yourself and continue entertaining me. Because once this is over, that's it. I remain the same and you are gone. Yeah. You are gone. Yeah. You are literally... Yeah, Charles Dance was great. You're setting yourself on fire and I'm enjoying watching it and I'm enjoying what you're saying because the reason why people are leaving is because they know you're right, but they don't care. They Mm. don't care. And it's that... And it's... I always think that Oldman, I think Oldman's a very good actor. I don't think he's as good as he was 30 years ago. I think he's just it, it, too many times not having to put the effort in 
has caused him to, when he does have to put the effort in, I don't think he puts as much effort in as he did when he was a younger man. He always feels a little undignified to me. Um, but in that, it, it, I think he doesn't go overtly showy over, which even 30 years ago he did. Um, and, and, and probably that's because for probably the first 75 takes he did, and then he was just that fucking knackered. <laughs> he was like, okay, let's just do it like this. Um, but I, I really, really liked it because it's it flies by, it's engaging, the story is intriguing, the score is fantastically done in the sense that it's not what you would think a uh, Trent Reznor um, and Akers, uh, Ross, um, score would be, but then you you definitely know it's there. There's a bit early on where it's um, it's essentially a a single key composition piece. So it's played on um, essentially where it's not like a an orchestral bit. It's Trent Reznor sat playing something on his own. But each keynote that is being struck isn't from the same instrument. You've got one note being played on a piano, then the next note's been played on a Hammond organ, and the next note's been played on a synthesizer. And it's running like that. And I was going, this is fucking fascinating. And it works for everything that's going on. And at moments like that, I thought it was fantastic. It's nowhere near Fincher's best, but it's very interesting. I'm glad it exists. And I can see why no fucking studio other than Netflix would give him the money to fucking make it. Because it is so, to use a brilliant Ianism, so inside baseball that... It's that Netflix have gone. We don't care what it is. To us, it's a da- it's the new David Fincher movie. Yeah, and, and I mean, th- 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 this is the thing about the film, and tying into our earlier conversation, it kind of feels like the kind of thing that's it is become is going to become less and less and less. You know, like like I said earlier, this film didn't even register on um, Netflix's top ten this weekend. You know, it's a Netflix made. David Fincher film. It's his first film in six years. Um, it's been very, very well reviewed. And quite frankly, no one gives a fuck about it except people like us. Um, and and even, even Netflix don't give it, to be honest, Netflix don't give that much of a shit about it because it only cost them $30 million. No, this, no, this is it. And, you know, the... The, pri- the, the primary thing for, for this film was Netflix were like, right, okay, we chuck in $30 million, probably the same again in like expense, but like publicity and whatnot. And we've got a really good shot of some Oscars here, you know, and, and, and especially in a year like this one, it, it, it's definitely, it's definitely got a chance. Um, but it is incredibly inside baseball. It's incredibly indulgent. It's, Fincher, fair play. He's been shopping it around for years. No one would buy it, but Netflix did, and th- th- that's essentially why. I mean, um, literally, he he wanted to make this after the game, I believe. Yeah, yeah, no, it 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 been knocking around for years and years and years. I mean, his dad's uh, been his dad's been passed for like a decade or so. Uh, Seventeen um, years. Oh, was seventy. Jesus Christ. Yeah, so, and the only reason why um, students wouldn't make it apparently was literally was he was insistent that it had to be made in black and white to what end 
I, I, you know, I, uh, um, I, I get. It. I, I watching the movie with the movie where it's about anything like that. Uh, it, it, it doesn't feel. It doesn't. I, I would. I, it feels like it should be a black and white movie. Yeah, I, 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 yeah. I mean, I get that. It just it. If that, that's the hill his dad literally died on, I, I don't know how I feel about that. Um, I, to give you an example, it, 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 it is. Um, we've watched Parasite both ways, both ways. Mm. and I, I probably won't watch the colorized version of Parasite again. No, I'll watch the black and white version mm. from now on. They both have their pros and cons. We've also watched Logan in both. Mm. And I didn't like it in black and white. No. Uh, I thought it was better in colour. Um, and I will never, ever, ever, ever fucking watch the colourised version of It's a Wonderful Life. Sacrilege. It's a piece of shit. Um, but this, I- I'm glad we'll never get a colourised version of it. So you have to watch it again? No, I will watch this movie again anyway. Yeah, I... D- no, I mean, I, I get, I get the artistic intent. I, I just, yeah. Um, and I mean, it's, it's entertaining. I mean, I think Mank walking around and having his kind of his conversations is quite entertaining. Mm. But I 100% agree with Bex that like you're basically dropped into this world, and it's a little bit. Well, if you can't catch up, fuck you. And I, I'm not entirely sure I appreciate that that kind of attitude of the film. Mm. But also, um, it it kind of it, it seems a little bit too sprawling in what it in what it's kind of in, in what it's trying to say. Um, it, yeah, there, there's that kind of section in the middle third where it actually seems to be almost like about fake news, um, and then that's kind of dropped in the last 15 minutes or so. Suddenly goes all in on Mankiewicz wanting credit for Citizen Kane. Whereas the rest of the film, it didn't really feel like it was building up to that. And I, maybe maybe it was because I didn't really understand the, the, the context leading into it. Um, but I, 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 I don't I don't know how much I can recommend a film where it feels like you need to do homework beforehand. Yeah. To, to really to get the, the most out of it. So I think Circle Jerk that Bex said. I, I think I look on the film as a whole more fondly than to call it a circle jerk, but I 100% see why Becky would say it's a circle jerk. I could see why somebody would have that opinion. Mm. I, I, I think it's his least film in a good long while, which sucks because it's obviously his most personal, personal in a good long while. But is, is he crap at making personal films? Yeah, maybe. That's the thing. Is it just that he just... He can't. It it's can't pull away far enough. It, yeah, he's artistic. What is it? Is it, 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 he is he that filmmaker? So for instance, putting up against someone like Quentin Tarantino, we've been talking a lot about Quentin Tarantino films recently. Quentin Tarantino can only make personal films. That that's all he can do. He couldn't do a social network. He just couldn't do it. It's it's not within his um, his whims of, of creativity. Yeah. Um. And then you've got something like, for instance, um, Scorsese. Scorsese is, is is probably a better example actually. Scorsese is an is, is a filmmaker who doesn't write his own films. 
but then he has his passion projects. Mm. And he's, he, the, the big, big Scorsese passion projects of his career have been Silence, Last Temptation of Christ, and Gangs of New York. They've been the, 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 the three massive Scorsese passion projects that he, that he made when he just got the fucking chance. Mm. And Silence, I think, is a fucking masterpiece and needs to get reevaluated. That sensation of Christ is very good, but but also quite flawed. Uh, it's a very angry man of a movie. Mm. Um, and Gangs of New York is a movie that if he made it 10 years later, even with the same cast, would have been a much better movie. Um, but it got away from him. Mm. Um, whereas Raging Bull, he, he didn't even want to fucking make. He did it as favour at De Niro. One of his best movies. Wolf of Wall Street, again, wasn't that interesting, but a favour to to DiCaprio. The Irishman, again, not a Scott Scorsese, didn't find that project and then go out and get Pacino uh, um, and De Niro and Pesci. De Niro found it and brought it to Pacino. Yeah. So I think that maybe with that, it, it was just, this is mine. I need it to be everything that I... And I, I, I've been thinking about it for 20 odd years. I need this to be like this and this to be like this. I need this and I need this and this needs to look like this and this needs to go here. You need to do this again and 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 again until it's right for me. And maybe it's just there, the concessions that somebody where usually during like another movie would go, well, no, this is because of this. And part of it might be just because it's his dad's script. It, it might be a little bit of that, that it just, it doesn't quite, always land mm. in yeah. a way that the other stuff does but then again i think to some people i think it'll land better than um the gone girl does than um the social network does and things like that i can't say that i can't, I can't imagine like that there'll be a lot of people i think if for instance, I'll be fascinating to see what uh, George thinks of it. Because I, I, I think it, I'd, I'd be fair to say, um, out of, if we counted us in the room um, now, including Cooper the Cat, um, and then we put George in the room, I would say George has a stronger affinity for um, movies made um, before 1950. It, it is what I would say there. Would you agree on that, Ian, or am I being a little bit unfair? No, I think it's probably fair. Yeah, so I'd be fascinated to see what he thinks of that because he's more invested in in, in that era of filmmaking. Yeah. So I'm very fascinated to see what he thinks of that. And in the same way, I was very fascinated to see what you thought of it and what he thought of it, but all for different reasons. Mm. And I think that's why it's a fascinating movie um, in, the, in the sense of I think that it all depends on which angle you're coming at it will depend on... I think the reaction you get out of it. I also think it, it's a it, it's a movie that has for the first time I finished it has it doesn't have that much to say. Yeah, yeah, it all feels a bit like it, it's cool. it's stuff that's been said that it, it's again focusing back into something that we mentioned Ian during um, Fincher Club uh, the last two episodes. It's the continual fucking nihilism. Of Fincher, there's a nihilistic fucking element to this movie. Yeah, yeah sure. sure. Um, you know, you, you've got a, a 
fucking truly fantastic line is um, socialism is spreading the wealth and then communism is spreading the poverty. Yeah. Is a fucking incredible line. Yeah, that was good. Mm. You know, that's a, for me, that's a fucking all-timer line. And fucking Fincher knows it, and Oldman knew it, and Jack Fincher, when he fucking wrote it, he fucking knew it. Another one that I really liked was the, um, we're selling, we're selling something to people where they don't get anything but a memory. Yeah, you fucking loved that line, didn't you? Yeah, I thought. And I thought, yeah, that's it. That whole fucking scene of him walking was magnificent mm-hmm. in walking talking about all the stars they've got on contracts and all of this and all the fucking buster and barad bravado of where he's walking to and he goes that's going to take a fucking pay cut yeah. it was glorious it was fucking fincher going look at this prick look at him i'm going to shoot him from here to show how small he is <laughs> yeah. to, to show but how big he fucking thinks he is and then i'm going to show him essentially just being a slimy little prick mm. um and it's it's both got the reverence of look at the opulence and the wonder of this era of filmmaking that was made with literally just by arseholes, yeah. just by a collection of just fucking champagne socialist dickheads. Yeah, right, capitalists. But in a way that they almost, they they, they think they're socialists almost. Mm. They have socialist ideas because of that. It, it, it's they don't like anybody. No. In that movie. The only one they vaguely like is Mank because he keeps telling him off, but he's part of the fucking problem. Again, it, 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 it's, it's Fincher's nihilistic fucking leanings are just outright there on show. And the more I'm talking about it, the more I'm liking it for that reason. <laughs> mm. <laughs> it's... Uh... Yes, Sorry, yeah, go, on, go on, go on. I, I, I am definitely not shit by a long way. It's not really, it, 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 it's not in my number one of the year, um, but it might touch my top ten. Yeah, it's not, it's not going to be that, it's not going to be that for me, um, which is, which is a real shame because, you know, it, it should have been Ian Nip, uh, in all honesty. And I, I'm, you know, it's, for me, definitely not shit, but it won't be touching my top ten of the year. Bex, what are you want? Kind of intrigued to see what Bex says now. Yeah, yeah. I think, I, do you know what? I think I'm going to have to go with touching cloth because I can't decide. It's... It, it, I mean, from, from your description, Becky, I think you're very much touching cloth with it. Yeah. But I think, that, I think, that, 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 I think it's fine. Okay, I acknowledge that there's bits of it that are good, but also there's bits of it that are shit and really badly done. And like, and just purely from a filmmaking point of view, you can't assume that you're, if you are, if you're playing to a wide audience, you can't assume that they all know about this obscure shit that you're referencing. It's just... Uh, Especially when when one of um, film watchers, um, chief criticisms of Netflix is that there are no classic movies on it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm. But yeah, I, I... yeah touching cloth i think for me and it will not be anywhere near my top 10 it will be closer to the other end fair enough our audience poll definitely not not many films i think it's been more than you think (laughs) uh is 83 percent touching cloth zero percent and shit the other amount that i've just got off 17 percent wow i can have (laughs) (laughs) oh dear 
Hey guys, Noel here. I just wanted to interrupt this movie podcast to tell you about another movie podcast you might want to add to your list. Every week, the newly rebooted Film Ramp podcast brings you a couple of casual reviews of whatever I've been watching and a little bit of chat about our beloved world of cinema. Sometimes new films, sometimes old films, very often both, but always just a little outside of the bigger mainstream release schedule. And in each episode, I also break down one item from the film news pages to offer my own thoughts and opinions in a section called listen up hollywood so if you fancy a new light and breezy film podcast on your listening schedule why not give the all new film ramp podcast a go just visit wearepodsyndicate.com or search the film ramp podcast on your favorite podcast app or provider are you a craft beer junkie do you eagerly anticipate the freshest ipa release from your local craft brewer Do you check in every beer you've ever had on Untapped? Do you know the difference between a Belgian triple and a Berliner Weisse? Then do we have a podcast for you. What's Untapped podcast gives you beer reviews, interviews with brewers, behind the scenes, access to beer festivals, games, and more. Whether you're a craft beer junkie or new to the world of craft brewing, What's Untapped podcast is something for you. Check us out online, iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, and now wearepodsyndicate.com. And as always... Keep drinking, you dum-dums. Okay, so let's move on. Um, I am awaiting our Tesco delivery, so if I uh, shoot off, that will be why. So, uh, warning. Let's, let's Let's do some what we've been watching, but if you don't mind, I'll start and then... If, if the delivery arrives, we'll jump in and do our best. Yeah. How does that sound? Is that all right? Fucking peach of an idea. Okay, cool, 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 cool. So, um, I went to the cinema last week, uh, which if I knew now, then what I knew now, I would not have, uh, both for the fact that I was apparently infectious, but completely asymptomatic at the time. Uh, but also because of the film, unfortunately. Uh, this is... Uh... Was that doorbell? No. Uh, I'm hearing phantom doorbells now. This is Mark Rainey's Black Bottom, uh, which is the uh, George C. Wolf uh, film, which is hitting Netflix a week Friday. Uh, most notable for uh, its lead performances, uh, Viola Davis and uh, the last performance from uh, Chadwick Boseman. Story. Ma Rainey is a uh, famous singer. Uh, the film is basically set um, on the day of her recording uh, a new album. Um, and it kind of alternates between um, her being a bit of a diva um, and Chadwick Boseman, who plays a trumpeteer who's maybe got ideas above his station. Um, It feels like, so Chadwick Boseman is uh, being uh, very much tipped for an Oscar for this. Um, And I can like 100% see why. Um, there are some really big, powerful theatrical moments from him. Like there are Oscar clips all over the place for, for Chadwick Boseman here. Um, and he is very, very, very good. 
if it were me, I'd probably be saying give him the best supporting actor Oscar for the five bloods over this. Um, but I don't think anyone could watch this film and begrudge him getting an Oscar considering he's passed away. Um, it's not it's not like an embarrassing performance that people are going to like. They gave him an Oscar for that. It's it's not that at all. I wish the film around him was better. Uh, Viola Davis is uh, good, is is very good. Um, you could see her like getting a nomination pretty fucking easily. Um, but considering it's called Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, it's kind of weird that the real impact is with Chadwick Boseman's character. Sorry? That we don't see Mal really black bottom. We don't see her black bottom either, no. Um but no, um she actually kind of like leaves the film five, ten minutes before the film actually ends, and her arc isn't really much of anything. It's it's odd. Um it really is Bozeman's character's story. Um, and it's based on a stage play. No, the dog's barking. Could that be? You get a delivery, mate. Go yeah, on. that might be me. I'll mute my mic. Right. Should we jump in and do what is it? Go for it. Right. Bex, what are you watching there? <laughs> um, on my own, I watched. So you don't have to speed round them. In. Inspired by Ian's watching of it the other day, um, watched the Polar Express. I I really like the Polar Express, and it's it, it is in my regular Christmas rotation, but it doesn't make it onto the Christmas Eve rotation. That's a very specific set of films um, that are on there. But um, but yeah, I really like it. It's it from from hating it to start off with to it now being one that I watch every year it's 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 quite a journey um I hadn't noticed the creepy hot chocolate men having all the same face before Ian mentioned it and that how I just you don't look at their faces you just look at all their kicky dancing and stuff I thought you were going to say something I thought you were just crotch looking no (laughs) um but yeah I mean the (laughs) the thing about um Obviously, they're, they're on the train and you kind of get the vibe that he really wants to believe in Father Christmas. And he really wants to believe in this whole stuff, but he can't quite get it out of his head that, you know, he's probably dreaming because this is quite like outlandish. And then he's, he's literally in Santa's village and he still can't quite let himself believe in it. And he, and he gets the bell and then he, he like wills himself to believe. And then he does. And then he hears the bell ring and it's like, it's all it's all just very exciting and then he gets the bell for christmas and it's a bit like it's a bit like my take on krampus because obviously we've got different opinions on the ending of it and i choose to believe that they get a second chance at not being capitalist shit um and like when he's saying about the bell in the narration at the end and gradually over the years all of my friends stopped being able to hear it and so did my little sister, but I could always hear the bell and stuff like that. And it's just like, that dude's got the true spirit of Christmas in his heart. And I like that. I like a bit of cheese. Fair enough. Um, so, yeah, I watched that. And then, speaking of cheese, um, I watched the movie Paradise Hill. 
um, which is on Netflix. And I've kind of been in my watch list for a while because I found it quite intriguing. It's got Miljokovic in it. It's got um, Emma Roberts in it. And Emma Roberts movie that. I did watch. She's not a bitch really in it though. She's quite. She's quite nice. that shit um Aquafina's in it as well. Aquafina is in it, yeah. And then Isa Gonzalez is in it, who is in Baby Driver, plays Darling. Um oh. yeah, so it's it, yeah, it's fine. Basically well, it's really fucking solid there. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's kind of kind of set in this this future and obviously something's happened and I think they refer to them as like uppers and lowers, the classes, and like um, Emma Roberts plays like an upper. Um, of course. Obviously. And she's, her, her parents want to marry, want her to marry this guy, but this guy's responsible for like her dad's death. But then he's taken over the family business and they want her to marry him to like bring that back into their family kind of thing mm-hmm. um but she's she's rebellious and won't do it and she so they send us this reform school which is run by Miliovovich and they're basically like um it's on an island um they drug them so they can't try and escape on a night um and make them do like stuff like yoga and like deportment classes and things like that um and then emma roberts's boyfriend which is partly why she doesn't want to marry this horrible guy um turns up and um to, to like rescue her and then i think it turns out that he's a snake and he's actually working with them oh. not a literal snake oh. um but yeah, it turns out that what they actually do is they clone them while they're there for the period of time that they're there. They, they create a clone, the clones then... No, 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 sorry, no. They, they take in lower-class girls, give them loads of plastic surgery and stuff to make them look like the people, teach them how to act like the people and then send them back out into the world. Um, and so they... I think eventually the clone gets out and then she kills, she pretends to be all like obedient and stuff now and then kills the dude that she's supposed to marry. Cool. It's kind of a messy plot. Sounds it. Yeah. Is it any good? It's all right. That's not glowing. I mean, I'd watch it again. Well, I can't say it's good. I, I'm not going to watch I don't watch movies like that again. Yeah. It's like your whole thing. Your whole thing is watching shit. I don't watch shit. I mean, you probably are. Physical, like, like actual fucking shit. Um, yeah, no, it's it's good. I, I, it looks very pretty. Emma Roberts is. She's not quite full Emma Roberts in it though. I put that shit. Yeah. In. yeah. You know what you to watch instead? What? Holiday. Holiday. She's not. She's not full Emma Roberts in that either though. She's good, isn't she? I mean, she's good fine. film holiday. Yeah, it's good, yeah. Good, the pit of the winter. Yeah, so what have you watched on your own? I think I've watched that on my own. Lazy bitch. I know, I'm a piece of shit, aren't I? Um, no, I've not. I've, I've been back at fucking work, and I? Um, 
All right, um, you weren't on for the what is it? So sorry, patrons. Uh, you got me and Ian chatting about what is it. Uh, what, what do you think of um, a Fight Club? It's good, isn't it? What do you think of a, re- of a rewatch of it? It's one of those films that it, it it gets better each time I watch it. Yeah, I appreciate it more. Um, it's it's very clever. It's probably not. Well, I don't know. I was going to say it's probably not as clever as it, it thought it was at the time, but I think it probably is. But I think it's just when you've seen it as many times as as we have, it, it kind of you know all the way through. But then you get to look for stuff like, does anyone ever refer to him by his name? No, they don't. No. Um, and like the bit where they bring the car and it's like, oh, Mr. Durden. And he just assumes he's talking to Brad Pitt and gets gets in. And it's like, but well, he was actually talking to him. Yeah. So, yeah, this, it, I, it's good. It's very good. Cool. Um, it's made me want to make soap. I, I would like to make soap as well. Um, so we watched together. We'll, we'll, we'll save one so that Ian can hear us talk about it. I, 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 well, I'm here. I'm here now. I'm just uh, opening up a bottle of wine because I'm gonna. I'm gonna see what wine does to me at the moment. Did you want to continue yours then, and we'll get to the ones we watched together? Um. Yeah, can do. Yeah. Um. So. With um. Yeah. So. It is Chadwick Boseman's story. Um. But. It's very, 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 very theatrical. And, I mean, I know One Night in Miami was, like, uh, based on a stage play as well. But the conversation feels natural. It feels free-flowing in that. And this does have moments of that. But there's also... There's something that happens at the end, which is so, in speech marks, theatrical that it was just like uh, okay then <laughs> um and it feels like if you saw that on stage it would be like one of those like i i, I don't want to spoil anything it feels very at home on stage i'm assuming you guys will probably watch it in the next couple of weeks once it's on netflix yeah we will do yeah, so um, we'll we'll catch up on it then. But what I, also what I would say, it's very very brief. It's only just over an hour and a half long, and I think it's probably about eighty five before credits. Um, I have it, a question regarding that. Yeah, go on. Uh, is the runtime just because it's a tight, a tightly made film, or is the runtime because there's only enough story to fill that amount of runtime? Uh, yeah, I mean, there's probably only really enough story to fill out that runtime, to be honest. Um, even though, well, I mean, I say that, I say that, I do wonder what the play is actually like because there are threads here which feel undercooked. Um, there's a character that that, that there's so that there's a female character who. Uh, it's probably the only other woman that's actually in the film. Um, and why she's there, it's a little bit baffling. And I wonder whether the play further brought her character to life a bit. Um, and she's really only there for kind of like one one purpose, which is to be ogled over by a couple of characters. And... Your wine sounds good, in. Ah, oh, this wine is so nice. Um, Nineteen Crimes. It's uh. Ah, uh, it, yeah, it's a red. Uh, 
yeah it's oh it's bloody gorgeous this is i'm just gonna let it breathe for a couple of minutes and i'll enjoy this I can't uh, wine unless it's mold oh really yeah no 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 i'm i i like me a bit of red wine and to be honest i'm i'm kind of thinking it's more medicinal than anything else at the moment <laughs> um but it's it's 14 percent as well like it's quite a it's quite a heavy hitter quite a spicy meatball yeah, it is. Uh, yeah, it, it is. A, yeah, spicy meatball was right. Nice. Um. So yeah, Ma Rainey's back bottom. I was disappointed. I don't. I I I see it getting a couple of acting noms and nothing else. And that's kind of what it deserves, uh, if I'm honest. Um. Okay, I watched uh the first two Godfathers. Um. Nice. First time in a long, long, long while uh, for for the God uh, the Godfather films for me. Um, in preparation for the Godfather coda colon the death of Michael Corleone. Um, Godfather one just in and out all timer. Obviously, I don't think I'm telling anybody that, uh, anything they don't know. Um, I remember writing something I think for each sleep live film about like the greatest last shots in cinema, and I think the godfather is a contender the door shutting on k and the look on her face is incredible um i mean that fucking scene where michael kills salazzo and the uh the police chief like in, incredible like the the train in the background is just a yeah. look on michael's face it's chef's kiss shit that is i mean it's yeah, it, it, it's one of the greats of American cinema and fully, fully, fully deserves that. I'm dreading there being a part four because I think it's coming. I have a feeling that you could be right there. I think, yeah, there is a reason why Paramount funded Coda. Yeah. Um, Godfather Part Two. It's interesting this because... The first two and a two and a bit hours before the intermission, it was like, this is this is great. I'm really, really fucking enjoying this. But the Hyman Roth stuff, um and like the the the, the trip to Cuba and whatnot, it almost feels a bit like it's a bit too much plot, not enough character here. Like what exactly is going on because like the robert de niro stuff is all fantastic and then it cuts back to al pacino and it's it's very very plotty but then as soon as uh, uh, the intermission happens and then after that the, the the color palette changes it's suddenly really cold and sparse and there's barely any like scenes with crowds and like the one that there is is in the courtroom where it's basically like michael having a to, to defend himself it's not like a positive situation it's just suddenly like the all the parties and all that kind of stuff you know there's a bit of a turn with the new year in cuba where everything in cuba is going to shit and then that last hour or so is just like gobsmacking stuff you yeah. know it just yeah the idea i think with that is it, it's supposed to it's supposed to mirror um psychologically how everything's starting to affect michael yeah yeah exactly exactly and it i mean it it works beautifully and i mean 
like Fredo, ah. like John Cazale is doing some otherworldly shit. And I love how the seeds are planted pretty late on in The Godfather, um, where he is kind of on Mo Green's side and, and Michael's like, don't ever take sides against the, uh, against the family again, you know? And then it almost just kind of like sets up the inferiority complex in Fredo that then kind of builds and manifests. And, you know, at the end, like Fredo's basically admitted. Yeah. All right. I'm nothing. I'm nothing without my family. And he just wants to go fishing with his nephew. Yeah. That's all he wants to do. You know, it's, you know, he's got all the, the, the fucking pomp and excess of, of, of the start with Fredo. It's all gone. He just wants to spend, you know, he's on that fucking chaise lounge or whatever it is by himself. You know, like it, it he wants to go yeah. fishing with his nephew and then just a, a really unceremonious death. It's. I mean, it, it is it is it is fucking heartbreaking you know yeah, just the, 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 the coldness of the kill is again it is again fucking wanky film what is it but it, it, it it's supposed to signify just how fucking cold michael has become in that you can do that it's why it's not over the top the, the god there's some fucking wondrous moments in that movie <laughs> yeah no i mean it's it, it, it it's it's incredible stuff and i mean it, it it's the kind of thing that makes uh, kind of makes me think that it's like i've always I've, I've been so obsessed for years with just like watch kind of watching as many films as i can and whatnot and it's like i feel like i just want to like luxuriate in really 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 fucking good films we've kind of done this a little bit recently haven't we we've gone back and watched um sort of things like like Carlitos Way and Don Brasco mm. and they've all got kind of a theme but they're just really just high quality really good fucking films um and we'll be re-watching the Godfather films shortly won't we yeah um but then I, I, in my brain I'm going with the Godfather I'm going well there's there's this bit in it, and there's this bit in it, and there's this bit in it, and I've seen them all before, but you're still starting to get fucking chills about them. <laughs> you know, the the, the 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 moment where fucking Michael tells Fredo that he knew it was him, it, yeah, it's, yeah. it's even you know it's coming, and you've seen it before, but you still watch it, and it's still, you go, holy fuck. It, it feels momentous, that moment. Yeah. It, it's, it, the, it, it's the bit that breaks everything yeah it's the way that michael says don't make a big thing of it yeah like i i you know i've i've got us a plane to miami we leave in an hour and then uh i knew it was you you know just the how al pacino does cold rage but silent rage better than maybe anyone and the look on because Caz, uh face as well it's it i mean like the 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 backing off it's like he's just been stabbed it's it's fucking incredible it's incredible it's there's no i mean it's a it's a fucking horrible fucking tragedy of of the fact that that john casilla died so young uh but it's 
there is no it's no coincidence that every film John Cazale made and great it's not that many but still every film John Cazale made was nominated for best picture mm. yeah it's fucking crazy and you look at it and go you know there's an argument that suggests that they all should have won as well it's it's, yeah. it's, it's incredible that that man's short body work in terms of for, for actors if you were to look at it and we, i think a lot of this like oh directors name me a better three or four five string run you'd be hard pressed to name a better five string run of any actor than the godfather the godfather part two dog day afternoon the conversation and fucking day hunter I love Dog Day Afternoon. You know, when Dog Day Afternoon is the weakest film you made. <laughs> oh, it's not Fucking hell. It's a great character study. No, but yeah, no, Dog Day Afternoon is a five out of five star movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not well, that's, single, that's the point, isn't it? Yeah, there's not a single fucking four and a half star movie there. It's insane. I want to rewatch that. We can rewatch that, can't we? Yeah. And, and the thing is, his character, granted his character, it, it, no, in fact, fuck it, I'm going to rephrase it. His character in all of them is completely different, including the Godfather movies. Mm. He's the same character, yet he's completely... He grows with that character, and then he gets to be two different versions of him in one fucking movie. So I didn't mean, I didn't mean to hijack you. No, 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 it's great. And I mean, it, it just it, it speaks to the, 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 the love for the films, you know. Um, We'll talk about Coda next week. Um, I started watching it earlier today. I'm about 45 minutes in. I will say it it slightly bugs me that the Coppola restoration look is not mirrored in Coda. It's a really, really nice restoration. But it's not that kind of like golden kind of tinge to it. Yeah. Uh, which is, yeah, bothers me. Um, but what they've done with the kids like Coda is like 20, 25 minutes shorter than the original cut of part three flows nicely. Cause there is fact to trim off that movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it starts the, literally the first scene is, um, him, uh, is, uh, Corleone speaking to the, um, the Vatican representative or is it, he's not the Pope, is he? Or is he the Pope? Um, Vatican yeah, he's like a yeah, yeah, he's like a representative. So the, it, the christening scene's gone. Yeah. Oh, that's very interesting. Apparently, the ending and the beginning are completely different. I was reading about it today. Ooh. I've tr- I've tried not to read anything about it. Mm. Yeah, it's um, I know it's it's interesting. It 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 f- just flows very nicely from that last shot in part two of Michael just sat there kind of like contemplating to then obviously there's been a passage of time and now he's just about to complete what looks like legitimacy. You know, it's the, like the repetitive, it's almost like what he's thinking about is the day that the, the, the family will be legitimate. And then the start of part three is him so much older and then seemingly getting this legitimacy. It's, um, it's yeah, it's really interesting watching him in close um, close proximity, which obviously you guys will do. Um, yeah, what 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 a fucking treat! What just what a treat! Um, speaking of what a treat, I also watched Santa Claus the movie, <laughs> um, which uh, just very quickly on this, 
it's really interesting. It's produced by the uh, the Solkins who uh, produced Superman the movie, and the the fact that they're actually trying to do an origin of Santa Claus in this fucking thing is fascinating. Like the, the, the first chunk of the film is about how Santa Claus got started, and it's like, wow, all right, then fine. And then like the second like act of it is. All right, let's add Dudley Moore as an elf who thinks he can be uh, Billy Big Bollocks, teaming up with John Lithgow, and John Lithgow's like an evil toy maker. Why not? Um, Why the fuck not? Yeah, I don't know. It's fun. Like um, uh, Donna, um, what like wanted to watch it. It was a bit of a, a classic in her household when she was a kid. And yeah, I mean, it's I don't know. It just it's. Very, very big production value and admire its ambition. And it's fun watching Dudley Moore and John Lithgow kind of like ham off against each other. It, it is. This movie was made in 1985 and cost $50 million. Yeah, sounds about right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's got, it's got production value up the wazoo. It's, it's, quite, it's quite something. Um, but yeah, long time since I've seen it. I might try and watch it over this festive period. Yeah, yeah, I was just thinking that because I, I never liked it as a kid. Um, I, I, I didn't get on with it, but like I say, it, it's probably been near thirty years since well, yeah. I've seen it. It's interesting just watching them go. We'll do for Santa Claus what we did for Superman, you know. <laughs> and, and it's this three ninety nine on iTunes. Uh, that might be a good one, yeah. You know, so there you go. Uh, but yeah, that's that's it for me. Cool. Uh, well, the other ones that we uh, watched, we um, we watched U-Turn, didn't we? We did. I've been nagging to watch this film for months, haven't I? Nice. And I halfway through it. Yeah. Like a mug. Yeah. I did. I watched it all. Um, it's fucking great, U-Turn. It's very good. I, I, I forgot how small it was. Yeah. In, in terms of scope and setting, it's very much, um, you know, it, it's all basically one location. Mm. Um, it's 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 hard watching a movie um, that uh, where John Voight turns up and you're going, "Fuck you, you prick!" at him. Um, there, uh, it's it's a lot of fun. It's very disposable. Um, it's a bit all over the place. It was. It's, it's almost the same story as Red Rock West that we yeah. watched for the week, yeah. but not as good as Red Rock West. Um, yeah. And it, it is Stone trying to do that. Um, it, it's on the Stone doing his less prestige bits mm. and his more zany bits. Yeah. Um, which I, I quite liked, but... Um, Red Rock West is the better film. I can see there. why it's not maybe as as lauded as as, as, as some of his other films. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it, it's closer to something like Savages than it is to Salvador. Good <laughs> 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 from somebody who likes Savages and owns Savages on iTunes. Yeah, you really do actually. Right? Yes. Let's 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 not get into that. Mark's a fucking idiot <laughs> conversation. I, mean, I think that happens at least once a week, Mark. We also rewatched um, a Christmas movie, didn't we? Watch Christmas movie. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we did. Um. So what what did we watch next? Well, we rewatched Pottersville with uh, with Michael Shannon and Judy Gray. So for anybody who has either forgotten that Pottersville exists or doesn't know what Pottersville is, it's a Christmas movie, like Becky says, starring Michael Shannon, Judy Greer, Ron Perlman, <laughs> Christina Hendricks. 
Ian McShane and uh, Thomas Lennon. Um, and, and I promise you, the synopsis I'm about to give, I am not making up. Um, it's set in uh, Pottstown, which is like a... Pottsville. Pottsville, sorry. Um, it, it, a fictional town that is, is down its lock, yeah. isn't it? Um, and McShane plays uh, Maynard Gregor, who runs the general store, and he's just an all-round nice guy. And so, and he's the shop assistant that he has working in the store with him, played by Judy Greer. And one day, he, he goes home just to surprise his wife, doesn't he? With, uh, elk with some elk steaks that he's bought off Ian McShane's um, trapper. Um, she goes home just to surprise some elk steaks and just be a bit spontaneous. Uh, and what does he run into? He runs into Judy, sorry, sorry Christina Hendricks dressed as a dressed as a bunny. Judy Greer would never. Judy Greer dressed as a bunny, you say? No. Christina Hendricks dressed as a bunny, but not like a, a playboy bunny. Literal fucking furry bunny. And um, Ron Perlman dressed as a wolf, but everyone thinks he's dressed as a squirrel. Uh, and they're, they're furries. So he leaves, goes, goes back to his star, gets drunk on moonshine, and decides he's going to dress like a gorilla um, and then runs around chasing uh, bunnies outside when he's drunk. And what would you have it? The people of Pottersville think that they have a Sasquatch. Yes, they do. <laughs> nice. So he continues doing this because it's making, it's making everyone happy. Yeah. Then Thomas Lennon turns up as a Australian um, TV show host who is trying to capture said Sasquatch. <laughs> Fake Australian. Fake Australian, yeah. Yeah. And that is the story of this movie. Yeah. Interesting. It's 85 minutes long. It's on Netflix. And it is funny. It is charming. It is Christmassy enough in terms of feeling, rather than it being set at Christmas. It's set at Christmas. It's set at Christmas, but it's not about Christmas as such. No. But it is set at Christmas. But it, it has so many nods to so many different Christmas movies that it's just, it's a really nice film to watch, isn't it's it? Got, it's got, and it's a wonderful life ending, hasn't it, as well? It's got its wonderful life ending. There's there's some action in there. There's there's fun in there. There's Michael Shannon just being Michael Shannon. There's the there's Ron Perlman um, just baffled at the fact that people keep thinking that he's a, a, a squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't work as a wolf. Work as a squirrel. As a squirrel. It's a wolf, clearly. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's. I really enjoyed it, and it's one that I think we're going to watch pretty much every year. I think don't we watch it last year? But we watched it the year before, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah. So, it's yeah. a definite recommend, to be fair. It is definitely a recommend. Uh, it. If you don't like it, it's because you don't like joy. Yeah. Fair play. And another film where I would say if you don't like it, you don't like joy. Yeah. Yeah. Would you agree with me on this, Becky? Yeah, why not? Why not? You don't believe in love if you don't like this. Movie. No, you don't believe you don't believe in love or romance. Yeah. Or butt plugs. <laughs> um, we finished off the Fifty Shades trilogy, didn't we? Yeah, we Fucking did. sweet. Good job. Good job. Um, There's a lot more sex in this one than there is in either of the others. Do you know why? Do you know why? Because they love each because other. Because James Foley wants to have fun <laughs> with this movie. James Foley doesn't want you to question anything in this movie. He wants you to fucking... He wants you to be sat in the cinema going, God, I wish I'd watch this at home and I could jerk off. It, that is what this movie is. 
it, it it's love and it's jerking off. It's brilliant and I adore it and it is wonderful. And the fact that it has the absolute fucking brass fucking balls, literally, to go. We're going to give you a montage of their best ever clips. And if you don't oh, a little yeah. bit tear up and just start clapping at yourself in your brain, damn, sorry, you don't have a soul. Dead inside. The dead inside. I, I, I absolutely, without fucking any hint of fucking... A, a, a sort of smart arsery or anything. I love these movies. And I think this is the best one. Yeah. It's unashamedly fun. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And like they they're just they're nicer to each other in this one than they are in either there's like you you like you really believe in their relationship as yeah. well. Yeah, it, it, they, they find they, they they find the way to make it all work and they're happy pretty much throughout it all. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that 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 moment of like the the best of mm. to, towards the end of this film reminds me of like the the sheer fucking schutzpur of it reminds me of the end of Twilight Breaking Dawn Part Two where they do the credits not just for the people in that film but for the people in every single Twilight <laughs> film. <laughs> just that the fucking balls. To just be like, we fucking love this. You, you, just admit it, you fucking love it as well, you slags. Here you go. Fucking celebrate. Let's get some tears. Yep. That's I, what I, he's doing. Love I'm it. back in, 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 a, in, in a world where you could where you could touch a stranger. Um, I, I, I literally... It sounds really It bad does. Bad. I literally high-fived a group of women at the end of this movie. That's how much I enjoyed it. You didn't come with me again, did you? No. Now I went to sit on my own again. So I was literally the lone male <laughs> in a sea of women watching this movie. And again, another thing, cinema is for everybody. It's not just for certain people. And that fucking screening was filled. And I remember for this one, I was the only guy there. And it was great because the women in front of me enjoyed the shit out of it. And yeah, they're fucking great at these movies. And they look brilliant. Yeah, they do. Yeah, actually, to be fair on that one. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that that was it. Um. But I, yeah, I, I, they are films that I will go to bat for without question. The first one's a bit ropey, but it's better for the second two existing. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, I, I will. It, when people go, when it, when I mentioned that I, I, I watch these, they'll go, oh really? I'm like, no, they're fucking brilliant. Just a little romantic at heart. I'm a little romantic at heart. Yeah. Yeah. I can touch whoever the fuck I want next week. You can, can't you? Kinda. Yeah. On, the, on the Patreon show, didn't we? He's going to go around licking the best of world Donalds. Yeah. 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 Something. Uh, um, yeah. That's, that's, that's all we have. <laughs> I'm not really going to. Um, freaky. Huh? Well. No, but I mean, like, just because I'd have antibodies, I could still pass it to people, I think. Hmm. I think. I don't know. Anyway. Makes me feel, I will say, makes me feel a bit more comfortable about having Christmas with the in-laws, basically knowing that, fuck it, we've all had it. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, and, and these two might not have, but clearly they can't get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, clearly, clearly Donna and Lottie are immune to COVID, so fuck it. Um, no, anyway, uh, so freaky. Fuck it, let's run eyeballs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, quite. He stabbed me with this like weird old-looking dagger, but when he stabbed me, we both got hurt. What do you mean? Standing in pain is kind of rad. Millie, focus. Sorry. What? You both got hurt. Oh, yeah. So when when he stabbed me, he instantly got a wound too, but in the exact same spot, the left shoulder. And then late last night, I kept hearing the dagger's name like this weird, like whispering in my head, Ladola, Ladola. I think Ladola caused this. This is like three gallons of pee. This guy's bladder is huge. Is everything huge? Joshua. Well, you know this is the boys' room, right? She's got a dick in her hand, and you're wearing Chanel number no. five. Think we're past labels. This is ridiculous. Uh, Freaky is written and directed by Christopher Landon and stars uh, Catherine Newton, uh, Vince Vaughn and others. Story, it's Freaky Friday, but with a serial killer and a teenage girl. That's about all you need to know, really. (laughs) Literally, that's it. (laughs) Yeah, and, uh, you know, that's I'm not I'm not just being pithy about it. (laughs) That's the plot. Yeah. They were originally going to call it Freaky Friday the 13th, weren't they? Yeah. Uh, such a shame they couldn't do that. But I will say, fucking made me howl with laughter when right, right at the opening, it just says Wednesday the 11th. Beautiful. <laughs> fucking beautiful. Anyway, Mark, what do you think of Freaky? Um, it's... There's almost like a collection within the movie where it, it's it's celebrating an awful lot of horror. And it's reveling in that. Mm. Um, I do think at points it gets a little bit caught up in its own Easter egginess um, for that. But it starts out with a bang. You've got a really fucking, you've got a really good group of kills to go off with that basically goes, look, this is what we're going to give you. This is what you're here for. We're going to give you it straight away. It's going to be silly, but not in a spoofy way, but just in a in an OTT way. And I like that. Way. Yeah. In a fun way. Um, the, it's never afraid to be OTT or preposterous. The whole bit where you get the, essentially the Freaky Friday moment, um, when they switch places, the fact that it turns into a fucking Mayan tower and all that like is just fucking it, 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 it's cool. Um, and the performances are all good. I, I, I just I felt like it 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 ended and it started again and it ended again. <laughs> and I was a bit like what what? I don't I don't get what's going on. And it just I think it 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 felt a little bit. Like, I was struggling to continue going with it at points. When it was up, it was really up. Mm. And then when it started to have to move from place to place, I was a bit like going, come on, let's go. Let's go. Like that. And I didn't really give a shit about the characters. I think that, I find it a little bit hard to get on with. But the kills are really good. Vince Vaughn's fun in it. I just... It didn't quite click with me enough. 
Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Bex, thoughts? Yeah. I mean, it's it's. I I really liked it. It's really good fun. Um, seeing Vince Vaughn play a teenage girl and try to do the mannerisms and stuff like that, it gets gets it enough points for me for it for it to be just just really funny. Um, I, I I will agree with you. This, it feels a touch insubstantial. Like if we're gonna if we're gonna sort of scale it on kind of Netflix horrors, it's more a babysitter too than a babysitter. Yeah. Um, but still very good and very entertaining. I really I, I really enjoyed it, and I'll 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 watch it again. Um, I but yeah, Vince Vaughn was absolutely the star of the show. It was really good playing uh, Millie. I, yeah, I, I'll watch it again. I'm fascinated to think what you hear what you thought. Of. Yeah, I, I I enjoyed it. I don't I don't think it quite had the the highs of the Happy Death Day um, films for me. Um, yeah, it does, does it? I I I think Millie's arc, it's a little bit when she's going, it's slow mo and she's just Vince Vaughn's just turned into her and then she goes into school and suddenly she's looking sexy. My first thought was she looked like pretty fucking attractive beforehand. Like you, you said that didn't you, ex? Yeah. You you said at the start of it. It started for like even the change. There was something about said you said let that girl doesn't already know she's fucking attractive. Yeah. Yeah. That whole kind of like you're a you're a piece or whatever it is. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Even though I mean like the the fact that's used in the last line I thought was ace. Yes. You know. I mean like that that was a great last line. But the thing is with Happy Death Day, Jessica Roth's arc is brilliant. It's like yeah. the key to that film. With this, I don't know. It just like, okay, she's a nerd who's well, not a nerd even. She's just bullied for some reason, um, and she's got a dead dad. It it just it doesn't feel as clever as the arc in Happy Death Day, which basically for the first third of that film presents you with an asshole. Who it's like, yeah, all right, fine, kill her off, you know. Well, I, I think we, I think when we watched this, Bex, I think when we re, we we spoke about it on on the podcast, we think just before you watched it, Ian, we, we said to you, the thing that the movie does is, it, you don't like her, and yeah. I, I was struggling with Happy Death Day in thinking, I'm I'm fed up spending time on this piece of shit. Yep. And by the end of it, you're going, <laughs> I've got a battle with that motherfucker. <laughs> that, that's it. And then part two. You're, you're like you're so on her side and then it's just like things fucking up for her but you you built up so much empathy for that character through the first one that you just want to see her come through the other side of it with the second one um and the second one does some really interesting surprising sci-fi shit yeah uh, i mean I, I but i mean i i very much enjoyed my time with freaky i mean the you know the best friend characters I could take or leave, um, but Vince Vaughn I thought was great. That scene with the romantic interest in the car was fucking incredible. Um, <laughs> I, I really like the fact that they use Vince Vaughn's uh, physicality, yeah, really, really well in the sense that they use her physical, her, her her now lack of physicality, 
really well. So in the bit where she tries to kill, uh, what's his name from Ferris Bueller? Mm. Um, there, she straight away is thrown against the wall vibe because she, because he slash she no longer has that physicality anymore. Mm. Whereas Vince Vaughn, as, as Millie, is unaware of the physicality yeah. that, 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 that he, she now possesses. Yeah. And so it's just fucking throwing her friends around. I, or throwing the, the love interest around. Um, or throw, throwing herself around. Like that bit where she just like shucks herself through the wall to get at, to, to like basically shortcut and get at that guy. But yeah. as Vince Vaughn. Like it's a, yeah, it's it's clever shit. It is. And, and then, but then also, like I said, even saying that, you know, you've got the nods to scream at the beginning. Yeah. Mm. And then, you know, you, you could literally sit there and try and tick off. And I bet there's loads that we missed. You know, I picked up one from Scream. There's um, a uh, the burning one in there. Um, there's obviously Friday the Thirteenth. There's a very good Candyman one in there. Once one puts a hook through a, a through a wall mm. and then pulls the wall out, but the walls covered in uh, the fake walls covered in graffiti. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so it, it's it's a clear Candyman reference. Yeah. I, I, and also, it's nasty. Oh, like, it's in in the best way. <laughs> yeah, it it but it revels in its, its grimness, like yeah. for instance, the Friday the Thirteenth sequels do. Like that wine bottle kill is incredible. Oh yes. Um, I can't believe no one's done that. But it's one of those ones where it's like, I wish I had that idea. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, it just it, oh, it's. Grim. Yeah, it's grim, but it's like fuck it, that was clever. Well done, bravo. You yeah. Know? So you've you've got that kind of clever, but then also Alan Ruck getting fucking sawed in half, and he's just basically a bit of meat at the end. You know, <laughs> it's uh, like it's wonderful, wonderful, wonderful creative gore. Um, yeah, without, I, it, without 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 trying to show off or revel in it. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like, here you go. That's fun, isn't it? Moving yeah. on. Move on. That's it. It doesn't linger <laughs> on it. It just goes, Bleh. look at this. Gross. Yeah, almost like the movie's going, oh, this is grim, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, but, uh, but, I mean, like, to be, uh, to be fair, for all I was saying about, like, Millie's character arc, I, d- I do like at the end that, you know, her sister and her mum are joining in in battling Vince Vaughn and whatnot. You know, she gets that last bit really fucking like really overextends that kill, and then the sister just looks at her. It's just like Jesus, Mill. You know, it's, uh, and is it like I am a? Does she say I am a fucking piece, or is it just I am a piece? I think I think there's an f bomb in there. No, yeah. I think there's an f bomb. Yeah, just like beautiful, fucking brilliant uh, last line. I, yeah, I mean it. It's just a really entertaining horror comedy. You know, yeah. it's it, nothing more than that. I, I Like I say, I don't think it's got the heart of the Happy Death Day films, but, yeah, but it's, it's fucking entertaining. But it is exactly as good as it should be. Mm. Yeah. You know, it could have been, it, it could have been an absolute fucking car crash. Yeah. But it, I think I think it's as good as it needs to be. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty fucking cool. Yeah. It. 
it's it's just funny. Do you know what? I'm I'm a sucker for horror comedies. Yeah. Like it, it, they get plenty of rewatch value. They they stay funny. They stay a bit grim. The grimmer the better, actually, because the the the, the grossness played off against the comedy works so well. Yeah, and I, I, I will absolutely watch it again. You know, if in a year's time you go, oh, you're watching free. I think that's watching Freaky tonight. I'm like, you know what? Yeah, fine. I'm down with that. Down. I'm down with that, yeah. Yeah. I'll die right it. All right. One year from today. Yeah. All right, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'll do that. Nice. Yeah, um, not shit for me. Yeah, yeah, same. Definitely not shit. Me too. Uh, I'll tell you what I already just think so I can find my phone. Uh, da, 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 da. Definitely not shit. Audience poll, uh, 75%. Touching cloth, 25%. Shit, zero percent, and Geostorm, zero percent. I mean, we can math, Mark. I mean, I can't. No. Questions? We have one. Okay. 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 Uh, Rick Kidd, at Rick J. Kidd, how many and which ones of the current crop of highly rated directors will be remembered 50 years into the future, like Hitchcock, etc., and which ones will fade into history? I'm getting in early with Nolan. Oh, it's like, oh, we all can't freaking agree. You've got, you, we've each got to have one. Yeah, because then you'll be all like, oh, you're on some shit. Fuck you. <laughs> Ian. What do you think? Ian. Maybe he's checking off his, his supermarket shop. It might be him. Uh, you're back. He's dying again. Um, Am I? Like, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I don't know where I cut off there, but I just said none of them will be remembered. <laughs> film's dead. Mm. Um, the thing is, you, 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 there's just something you'd be tempted to go, what about this guy? And you think, ah, they've been around for 30 years, so that doesn't count. Um, Are we doing filmmakers or directors? Oh, that's interesting. What, what, what do you mean there? Boomers have a massive impact on cinema. So. Oh, I like that point. Yeah. So like a, in like a Roger Corman kind of way. Would you in a Machiavellian kind of way. <laughs> yeah. I, I think, I think you, could, you could be right there. People like um, Corman and Lloyd Kaufman are still very fond of in like cult film circles. Uh, and that's basically what they did, is what Jason Bloom's doing now. So yeah, I think you could be right. That's, that's, that's a good one, that one. Um, I don't think people like the Russo brothers will be remembered. No, I don't think anyone's going to remember who, 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 who they are. I don't even remember who they are now. Uh, I don't think they do. <laughs> um, uh, oh god, I, I, I agree that I, I think Nolan will be. Um, does Tarantino count? No, because he's, he's been around for... Been around too long. He's been around for 27 fucking years. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it's really like him, Paul Thomas Anderson, will be... I think you'll have footnote ones, uh, ones that that, that that burn very fucking bright for a brief amount of time. And like Shyamalan won't remember in 50 years' time. No, because this is the thing. It's like, you look at the... Who are the up-and-comers now? What, Ari Aster? Great. Yeah. Um, like people like... People like, I think, like, people like uh, Mike Nichols, for instance, I think will be remembered and will be remembered for um, 
and Jim Mickle remembered if, uh, like people like uh, Peter Bogdanovich are remembered. Um, it, it, and maybe even like De Palma, where they're remembered and they're known, but if, if you're into film, you know about them. They've, they've kind of been quite a lot for the wider world, which is insane for somebody like De Palma, because he was still making great films. Mm. What do we think about Mikey Flan? Like Flanagan? Mm. Uh, if he stops fucking knocking about with Netflix TV shows, then maybe, yeah. But, I mean, that's what's got his name out there. Yeah, I mean, you use it as a platform to, you know, to, to make, you know... Realize. Yeah, I mean, he was barely even involved in the the hunting, uh, the, the haunting of Bly Manor, and nobody liked it. So, you know, Bex, like... That is one thing. He's, he's, he's not liked it as much, and he didn't direct it all, did he? No, he's, he's fucked it off, you know, and he's he's back to making films now. So and surely that 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 highlights how good of a director that he is. I agree. Well, we've been on the fucking flan train for years, me and Ian. Yeah. Oh wait, we've been chowing yeah. down on fucking flan. Yeah, uh, mate, flan all day long. You know, yeah. you got a nice a nice stack of flan cakes. I'm all up. I'm all yeah, up in them. We've been fucking well on the fucking flan since fucking day one. We've been flanners. Yeah. Business. Yeah, we are. Yeah. Fucking I flan. jelly and fucking custard. You know, here you are with your getting on the haunting of Hill House train. Yeah. We yeah. were there from Absentia, son. Yeah. Fucking well. I fucking watched Absentia with him. Oh uh, yeah, but all you've got about is the fucking TV stuff. It's really fucking good. And no, that's not true. I really like Oculus. Look, Bex, the thing is, right, you're you're gonna have the last laugh because TV's gonna last way longer than film does in the new regime. So you know you. Yeah, yeah, you're you're there going, Matt, you watch this? I'm like, no! I'm going to sit here and watch Oculus for the 15th time this week. He's doing revival, isn't he, as well, which is another Stephen King one, so that should be good. Phil? Yeah. Woo! Um, whereas, but, but, well, to give an example there, um, I, I, I think if Flanagan stops making TV stuff and starts making more films, I think he could be remembered in a similar way to somebody like Carpenter is. Mm. Whereas Rob Zombie, as much as I like his films, in 50 years' time, do you think people are still watching um, fucking Devil's Rejects like people are watching um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre? No. Probably not. Mm. Whereas, you know, Halloween, people will still be watching Halloween. Yeah. Do you know Patel will disappear? We've made some good movies. Apatow's, Apatow's a fascinating example, though, because it seems like he wanted the kind of career that James L. Brooks did, um, had. Mm. But, like, he just hasn't really been able to do it. You know, I mean, like, you, you look at a film like This Is 40, which is less than 10 years old, and there is no fucking way on earth any studio would ever, ever, ever give him the money for that now. No. And it's the problem is, I, we, we rewatched Not Up like last year, and I've hovered over rewatching This Is 40. I, I didn't like I actually didn't like it. I wanted to give it another go. Mm. But then I'm looking at it going, it's two and a quarter hours long. Two and a quarter hours long. I mean, and you say he's made some good films. Not, not really. Well, I, I really liked King of Staten Island. I, I mean, forty-year-old virgins, funny. Yeah, like that's a fucking funny film, like all the way through. 
knocked up. So, um, pretty good. virgin's fine. They're not. So here's one for you then. Um, what's his name? Who did Birdman? Inarato, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. Right. So I'm right in thinking he's won three, four Academy Awards, but has won two. But we're back-to-back directors, didn't he? Uh, yes. Right. Do you think he's remembered in, what is it, 50 years' time? I mean, that's a good point, because The Revenant is basically the pub trivia question for what film did Leonardo DiCaprio open <laughs> his yeah. Oscar for. Right, so do you reckon he's remembered no, in right. No. Is Guillermo del Toro going to be remembered in 50 years' time? Yeah, he is. Yeah, but Guillermo del Toro's been around for a long time as well. I, I think he has and he hasn't. Uh, in a similar way to, and I'm going to use De Palma. De Palma already came to prominence with Carrie in, what, 74, 75? But he'd been making films for over a decade. Mm. You know, he, he fucking The Wedding Party, the, the, the first movie that um, De Niro was in, didn't get an actual kind of release until 1967, but it was made in 1963. Greetings made in 1968. Didn't come out until 1971. Same year names at me. Showing up in Nergenen. I'm not sure if I'm. <laughs> God. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I think maybe the problem is we're a gap in the noise where um, the, the the auteurs were no longer cool, mm. and it was the effects were cool. Yeah. And, and and that's that's that it kind of it, it, it had a bit of a bump, and so you lost that. And you know the the, the movies like the mid nineties, you, you you had the early nineties like that. You know, Roland Emmerich was being given two hundred fucking million to make movies. Don't know. I like Roland Emmerich movies. Is Roland Emmerich remembered in fucking fifty years time? Christ no. You haven't mentioned any women. Yeah. Catherine Beagle or will be, but she's been making movies since, what, 1987? Mm. What was her last movie? Detroit? Uh, Detroit, yeah. Yeah. One of the biggest biggest shames of fucking cinema, I still think, of the past ten years, is that Catherine Beagle didn't get to direct a Bond movie. There's still time. There's still time. It'd be fucking fantastic. I'll tell you what, though. I'll tell you what right now. Well, bet the fucking Bond producers are all over Nolan's agent. You reckon? The amount of control that uh, Broccoli wants. I, I, it would be fucking fascinating if they were just like, right, Chris, write your script, like get your screenplay written. If we're down for it, you've got complete control for here on in, as long as you basically stick to the screenplay. The thing is, it would work because um, it's not like when Tarantino wanted to direct a Bond. (laughs) Um, And the reason why it was never going to happen was because he wouldn't have been able to bring it in at a 12A. And even he he admits that, that he wouldn't have been able to bring it in at a 12A. Whereas, as we said earlier, you know, bringing the show back around a full fucking circle, because we're goddamn professionals, um, it's Nolan could do that. Oh, so if you're bringing the show back around full circle and back in the news section. Yeah. 
did uh, did either of you guys see all the furor about uh, the new Ghibli movie? Oh, because it's digitally animated. Yeah. <laughs> because it looks kind of like shit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't look great, does it? That's no. a fuck. Can't even Goro Miyazaki as well. What a prick. Mm. He needs to be gone on Miyazaki. He needs, he's, his dad needs to give him a good fucking backhand for what needs to happen. Stop it. You're really impressed with yourself with that. I right? am, yeah. I quite liked it. <laughs> Oh. There's a filmmaker we're missing, by the way. There's one we are just completely fucking missing. That 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 people who are listening right now are sat in office buildings or on Zoom calls with one earphone in, pretending to fucking pay attention, and we're just going and shouting out a name that we're going that they're just completely fucking missing. Yeah. If Ava DuVernay can make a film as good as it seems like everybody thinks her films are as as good as. So you can make a good film. I didn't say that. <laughs> I did. <laughs> but I, God, I'd fucking love it if she could just make a film that is just an absolute unmitigated five out of five banger. Because yeah. it, it just seems. Because I want to like Ava DuVernay because everybody likes her. And I haven't seen the 13th, which is probably the answer. Um, but, oh, God, just a wrinkle in time. You watch that and go, that that's the person that you're saying should be directing all these things that come up. The person who directed that. It, 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 is, it is a look at your God moment. Yeah, it, question, that new thing. yeah it, no, but I mean, it is, though. It is. Have you seen Selma? Yeah, I like Selma. I I I think Selma is a good film. It, but but Ian Ian, it, it, Selma is a good film in the fact that it's it's a, it's an important story that needs to be told, and that maybe should be a good movie. But don't you think it could it, it maybe should have been a bit better? Well, yeah, yeah. Well, not 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 like in the hands of a different director or anything like that. It's just I was watching it going, I think you should be better. You're good, but I do think you should be a little bit better. Mm. Does Steve McQueen get remembered in 50 years' time? I'd so like to fucking think so. I think he does. Steve McQueen also wants to a time in Hollywood? No. Steve McQueen is a director. Oh. He does, but I don't think he gets remembered for any of the films he's made so far. Oh. If that makes sense. Oh. I know. Sense, I was hoping nobody would call me out on that. Thank you, Vex. In, in, in the sense that, in the sense that, hunger is fantastic, but nobody talks about it anymore. Um, shame, fantastic, but nobody talks about it anymore. Twelve Years a Slave. I think people have genuinely forgotten it exists. And um, widows. People didn't even talk about it last year when it was out. The more I think about Widows, the more I dislike it. The more I like it, the more I think about it. You just said things the wrong way around then. No. What? The more I like it, the more I think about it. I'm fine with that. I'm going to stick to that. Right? But I do think that he's going to do something. They're all brilliant movies. And the Small Axe films that we've watched so far, and we'll be talking about them next week, um, have been great. But I do think that he's going to do something very soon that is like, 
Holy fuck. Can I just back onto Ava DuVernay a second? Um, I know you haven't because you're a monster, but Ian, have you watched that When They See Us on Netflix? Because that's supposed to be really good. No, I haven't. That's that's the thing. It's like I'm saying all this about Ava DuVernay. I've not, I've not watched all of her stuff. My only thing is A Wrinkle in Time is such a <laughs> fucking wet fart of a film. I mean, that film is astoundingly awful yeah it is um and like the fact that that person could ever make something good like it just i it baffles me but i i you know i'm sure people are a bit ticked off like it it, i do need to watch more of her stuff but selma was good it was good it felt like for a while there, if you had a bad word to say about Selma on film Twitter, you would instantly be banned from the internet. <laughs> um, yeah, I've not seen it. Selma, mm. it, it, it's good. It's good. But you are watching it and it finishes and you go, I thought you'd be better. Right. Have we got any other questions? I've just looked at how long we've been recording. You guys need to fucking eat. Uh, and that was that was our only question this week. Okay. Thanks, cool. Rick. Thanks, Rick. You. Yeah. Thank you, Rick. So coming up on next week's show, we've got uh, Ryan Murphy's The Prom, which reaction to that is all over the shop. So I'm actually more intrigued than I thought I was going to be. Um, we shall see. Uh, we'll also be covering the three remaining small axe films. So that's Red, White, and Blue. Alex Wheatle, and I believe the last one is called Education. Um, and we'll also be covering, uh, as we discussed earlier on, The Godfather, Coda, The Death of Michael Corleone. Um, uh, we are podsyndicate.com. Uh, many shows on there. Give them all a listen. Um, my head's not screwed on straight at the moment. I don't want to offend anyone by forgetting anyone, so I'll just say we are Pod Syndicate. Um yeah, I think that's probably about it. I did all the other stuff earlier on, I think. Um, uh, yeah, uh, anything else, anything I've forgotten or anything that anybody wants to say or forever hold your peace? Oh, good. I think we covered a, a, a mountain of content there. One really important question, Ian. Mm. How's your wine? It's lovely. Is it, is it having its medicinal effect? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm feeling, I'm feeling all right. Feeling mellow. Yeah, I'm I'm feeling like one more glass and then that's bed Betty buys for me. So uh yeah. We're gonna eat fried chicken and watch the crow. Oh, that sounds great. This this is it. It's like we've had this Tesco delivery and it we're I'm basically restricted by the confines of whatever is in the house now. <laughs> yeah. Oh. So uh we're gonna get a takeaway one night. But aside from that, so we shall see. But by the time we record next week, I would have been out again. Yay. So that will be that will be that will be nice. Um, Stay safe, everyone. Wear your masks. Use your hand sanitizer. Um, I don't know. Don't make your mother-in-law a cup of tea. And when you wear your mask, (laughs) right, wear it over your nose and your face. Yeah. Right. Not just not just over your mouth, your nose hanging out, or on your chin, or over your ear, or anything like that. Where it's so it's covering all of the bits that you're breathing out of. Why yep. you over your ear? 
Ah, you see some fucking shit walking around, I'm telling you. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, because even... Even if you even if you're super super careful, shit can still happen. Yeah. You know, it and I you know it just people can be can have no fucking symptoms whatsoever and still give it to you. You know this this shit is out there. It can happen. You can have it and not even know about it. I know I'm saying really obvious things, but I'm a dickhead who caught it. So learn from me. <laughs> Bye. 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 One, two, seven, eight, fly like a witch. You can drink my lemonade, lick my lips. Not tell everybody, in fact, that dick. I'll whip it and that switch. One, two, seven, eight, fly like a witch. You can drink my lemonade, lick my lips. Not tell everybody, I'm a crack my whip. Now you wear the pants. Switch. Syndicate Valley. For more criminally compelling shows, articles, and conversations, head to wearepodsyndicate.com.